0: Hey everybody, oh what a vile day for the weather, what a vile day for the weather. Actually interestingly, they've, they're have they going to close Winter Wonderland today, they said and refund tickets. Now the only tickets you can refund would be the ice skating, because all the other tickets you buy there on the day, they're only valid for the day, you can't buy tickets and then have them for another day, they're only available on that particular day, and, and I, I learnt this some time ago. So if you go to Winter Wonderland and you buy, you know, £100 worth of tickets, you've got to use them up on that day. You can't then sort of go back another day and take your tickets back in because they're only valid for that day. So if there's anybody listening who's bought tickets and you've hung on to them thinking I'll pop back in again at a later date, forget it. Because I got stuck with a load of the blasted things last year thinking we'll all go back again. And of course nobody wanted to go back with me. <laughs> they would already been twice. Didn't want to go again. So uh, anyway, and the and the weather's not going to be promising, is it? Gale force winds. Horrible, horrible, yucky. Producer not happy. Got to go to Stansard later. Flight back to uh, Ireland. And I said, I "Hope to God you're going to get back there. Hope to God are these going to be sitting at Stansted Airport? Not everybody's favourite airport. It's all right, you know. It's okay, not knocking Stansted Airport. And uh, so he he could be sitting there for the festive season, and because if if the weather is going to be that bad later, and they've said it's not good, he's going to he's going to suffer, poor little soul. But never mind. Anyway, nice to be company. Have a good weekend." Yes, today, busy, 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 busy day, absolutely busy day I've got so many deliveries to make and so many drops and so many things to do i should have to I should have to get back home quickly and start getting stuff done before the bad weather comes down i mean they they are saying it's going to be appalling, and I'm thinking, oh, I hope not, otherwise I'd say the producer would be sort of taking his little sleeping bag out and sleeping at Stansted airport for the next two nights, poor soul. <laughs> Not oh, exactly the best place to go to. I thought everywhere was quite empty yesterday. I was very surprised. I thought it would have been absolutely. Sorry, I just do a few extra buttons. Uh, I thought it would be absolutely heaving. But it wasn't. The only place that was heaving when I'd been into Selfridges, come back from Selfridges and then came through Shepherd's Bush. And the queue up to Westfield was quite, quite, I was so glad I I wasn't going to Westfield yesterday because people queuing in there. And it was queuing up all the way back onto the Westway coming down. And I thought, oh, God, it's going to be a nightmare. So I didn't go there. I'd got everything done. I've discovered presents are so easy. Order things online or failing that champagne or vodka and a box of chocolates goes down a treat. You can get anything out of somebody for champagne and a, and a box of chocolates, a bottle of vodka, guaranteed. It's unbelievable! I mean, it's just it's uh, you know it's a simple present, and yet people appreciate it, which I always think is fairly good news. Uh, then the I sort of come in this morning because I'd I'll, I'll have a, a quick look. <clears throat> I'm beginning to feel a bit sorry for poor Nigella Lawson. The whole case was a bit overshadowed. You'd you'd have thought seriously if you were watching the uh, the case the other week. Uh, you'd have thought it was Nigella who was on trial, and then it came out that she'd done drugs and all And I said to a friend of mine, I said, would the police prosecute somebody because they'd taken drugs? He said, yeah, because it's illegal. I said, but there was a story on the front of one of the the, uh, the papers over the weekend that said uh, they'd found traces of drugs in the toilet of a club that Prince Harry goes to. And I thought, well, big surprise. But everybody I spoke to said the same thing. Big surprise. I should imagine you could go to every single pub in London and do a swab for cocaine in the toilets, and I think they would come back positive in probably 99.9% of them. I mean, thank God. I don't, I mean, I'm way too old to be doing drugs. It seems a bit ludicrous. I always, I'm always horrified when I hear of, of people of a certain age who've actually, you know, done drugs. And I always think, why? What, what's missing out of your life that you need to do drugs? I'm so glad. I'm so glad I never got into it. Actually, I do know people. I mean, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I didn't know people who have done drugs and they've done cocaine and they've done um, um, marijuana and I sk- even you know somebody who does, did skunk, which I always think is a bit is a bit um, is a bit naff. Really, I just feel sorry for people who kind of are addicted to that. So Earlier on, I was listening to some bloke who was talking about gambling. He sounded very familiar. The name that he gave didn't kind of match up the name I had in my head at all. I thought that was very strange. And then um, then there was the Rolf Harris thing, which is on the front of uh, one of the papers this morning. Uh, that's on the front of the mirror. And, and then Helen Flanagan, just when you thought that ditzy girl couldn't get any more stupid, unfortunately now has managed, I want to strip off for Playboy. And, of course, the simple answer is, they don't know who you are, darling. You're some old actress from a long time ago and now you're just a bit stupid. And then I laughed because they they were showing clips of a program and it was it was a load of reality show stars. It was a load of really ugly ugly people inside as well as outside. And they were all throwing wine over each other and doing and doing various horrible things. And uh, and one of them was Arge, who apparently is very funny on the Only Way Is Essex, very funny because he has no talent in keeping with the rest of them. And Arge at one point had to go to He was obviously working on some programme that nobody ever saw. We, we couldn't find any of you watching. Um, which was where he was working in a hairdressing salon where they were doing waxing of men. Back sack and crack, as they affectionately call it. And so Arge goes in there and you don't find him... I mean, he's as camp as a Christmas tree. He is. He's also dreadfully unattractive. And so he goes there and they, and he knows what he's doing because he's doing it for a fee because you rent him and he'll do. He's, he's like a performing dog. jump. He goes how high? That's what he has to do. And so that's why I found it utterly ludicrous to hear from this overinflated fat nobody that, uh, oh, it haunts me forever and I shall never do that ever again. I thought, of course you will. There's no work for you out there. You don't have a job. Your job is being a reality person. And so he had to do it. He went, oh, I can't do that. And I'm thinking, of course you can. Don't be so stupid. Are you worried it makes you look a little bit too gay? Because believe you me, it didn't. Thank God for gay people everywhere. And uh, and I just th- I thought the whole thing was so sick. Oh, I shall never do that ever again. I thought, of course you will. You'll do anything. Your agent says you've got to do it. There's no other work on the books. You'll have to do it, mate. Thank God, though, we don't we don't have you singing. I always think that's uh, that's that's a brilliant. Idea. As long as you don't sing, I'm quite happy. Quite happy. But the but the big story of the weekend was hilarious. The big story. I was right, of course. Abby Clancy won the Strictly come dancing, final, because she was the best dancer. And I pro- and somebody said, no, 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 it's going to be Susanna Reid. <laughs> Susanna Reid with children, not married. OK? The woman who, and I think it's been Len, Len Goodman, has said in one of the Sunday papers, don't believe the publicity about yourself, OK? You're not a star. You're just a newsreader. But what was the funny thing? This was a BBC programme. Who wins? Abby Clancy. I turn on the television on... Was it that must have been Saturday night, mustn't it? And so Sunday morning I turn on the television at six o'clock. Just to catch up and see. So they do, oh, and the final was won by Abby Clancy. Did they have an interview with Abby Clancy? No, 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 no. The interview was with Susanna Reed. Susanna Reed, the loser! The loser was interviewed. And that was the last they mentioned it. They never mentioned it ever again. And so I went on to the BBC's news thing where you click, no mention of Abby Clancy. No mention of Abby Clancy at all. You know, the people go, oh, Susanna Reid was the bookie's favourite. The public hated her. That's why she wasn't voted for. The public hated her. They thought she was uh, she was a bit stuck up. They thought she thought she was a bit clever. Oh, I don't see myself as being sexy. We had it; it was all trotted out, wasn't it? It was all trotted out, and it was a bit tedious. But Abby Clancy only made it into the papers, not all. And they were very keen to point out the smug little news team in the morning. Oh, ghastly, twosome. They really were talking over each other. Ghastly, and they were sort of saying, "Oh no, uh, Abby Clancy didn't make a lot of the papers because they, you know the papers were printed before that." I thought, oh, they were so they were so sad. Because obviously somebody at the BBC has lined up some kind of work for Susanna Reid. I don't know what. I mean, she, she can read big words on an auto cue, and that's about that's about all she can do. I was glad she didn't win. I predicted she wouldn't. It's a competition to find the best dancer, and the best dancer, without a shadow of a doubt, was Abby Clancy. I'm not interested in in blooming newsreaders who sort of go, "Oh, I think I'm going to be a dancer now." No, you're not, love, and stop believing the publicity that they write about in your papers, like you're sexy and all this cut. You're not. You just sit there and read big words on a screen, love. Stop trying to over-egg the pudding. It gets very tedious. But the tedious part of the weekend was catching up with the Christmas version of The Only Way is Essex. And the Christmas version of The Only Way is Essex is exactly the same as the other one, except it's filmed back in October. So they all have to pretend. And uh, there it was, one-night stand girl, Lucy Mecklenburg, a dreary bore, thicko of the first order, Dan Osborne. They don't come any dumber than him. That ghastly jasmine. I think glamour model for that read hasn't actually got any talent for doing anything at all, and uh, she uh, he didn't want to be with her because he's actually oh 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 I knew there was something. They had the lineup. I knew there was something I was feeling quite quite depressed about the lineup for Splash. You know the new uh, the new Tom Daly program. And they've uh, they've decided that uh, they're really going for it in a big way. They've gone for some absolute mega-celebrities. Mega-celebrities like Perry Keeley. Hello? nope, I didn't know who it was either. I thought it was a woman. It turns out to be the little boy dancer from Diversity, the one with all the hair, who looks a bit like either Aretha Franklin or... who else could he be like? Dinah Ross... And so he's apparently doing it. Michaela Strachan, she's about 190. They've dragged her carcass out of the cemetery. Uh, They've also got Ricky Groves. This is the one whose wife publicly dumped him. Gemma Myrna. Ever heard of her? I hadn't the faintest idea who the poor soul was. I really didn't know. And then I realised that on every programme on television, apparently it's de rigueur to find the unemployed bimbos from Hollyoaks. Yes, Gemma Myrna is in Hollyoaks. Bless her heart. Unfortunately, Gemma, love, nobody knows who on earth you are. Nobody knows. And who's the, who's the other one that they picked? Well, you'll laugh at this one. They've got two Gemmas in the programme. Two Gemmas, like bookends. Except this one looks like the entire bookcase. Yes, they've brought in Gemma Collins from The Only Way Is Essex. You want to see a hefty hideaway girl crammed into a swimming costume? You've achieved your... If you like fat birds, you'll love this one because when she dives off, the water's going to get out of the pool. It's as simple as that. It's ridiculous. Quite clearly, the poor girl can't get arrested, because she's 32, she's a bit of a whiner, she's a bit of a crybaby, she's a bit pathetic, she's not a very nice person, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, she'll fall into the pool and stay there. So that's the lineup. And it's really embarrassing. The only person worth watching would be Tom Daly, who's having to train this bunch of no-hopers. What in God's name Michaela Strachan's doing there? I've got no idea. As I say, Gemma Myrna, quite clearly, your five seconds is nearly up, darling. There was a lovely piece of the paper over the weekend. Chelsea Healy. Chelsea Healy is another one of these third-rate bimbo types who hawks herself around nightclubs and disports herself. And then she had um, a breast augmentation a while ago. And, of course, they have to tell you they've had breast augmentation. To to be honest with you, I mean, I I couldn't bear it in the first place. And I was watching her. And she said, because at school I was bullied because I had small breasts. I thought, no, you're bullied because you're not a very pleasant person. That's That's the reason. It's very easy to bandy the word bully around nowadays. So when I say to Helen Flanagan, I'm sorry, darling, it's very nice of you to want to take all your clothes off. But frankly, we've seen you with your clothes off. People would pay you to keep them on. Okay, do yourself a favour. Try and be an intelligent woman as opposed to being the prat that we all think you are. It's as simple as that. Don't take your clothes off a playboy. They're not interested. They don't know who you are. They've got no idea. You know, you're just another bleach blonde girl who wants to get her boobs out. For what purpose? I do not understand. It doesn't ingratiate you to anybody at all. It just makes dirty old men leer at you even more. So what's the point of it? Surely your agent can't be that desperate that they've got to push you in that direction. Dear God, love, get a job in a library. Do something. Try and make something of your life. Try and be like Joey Essex. No, try not to be like Joey Essex. He's, oh, God, I tell you, you lose the will to live, don't you? Every time you turn on the telly over Christmas, you see the same faces. Have you noticed? You turned on... There was a quiz the other day with Richard Bacon, and they put some TV critics on there. Now, I love Kevin O'Sullivan, but he's not, he's not telly-friendly. He's OK. Ian... What's his name? He was, he was, Ian Highland, I quite like. But he's about 17 feet tall. He's enormous. And they had Chris Tarrant on, who we love. And that, Vanessa Feltz. I assumed they'd kind of run out of guests or something, and they sort of had to plonk the bird on. I think she goes for the buffet. She certainly didn't seem to contribute very much to anything, so they just sort of plonk her on there. Bit of a shame, really, because, you know, she's not managing to pull an audience anywhere she goes. And then I discover that Jamie Oliver, the lovely Jamie Oliver, is uh, putting his finger in another pie after masterminding a reality TV show. It's called The Talent Agency. And it will follow entertainment agents as they try to beef up their clients' CVs. Well, the best person, as far as I know, is Jonathan Shannon. And anybody has got a, a, an entourage like he has, anyway, um, this is who they're actually lining up for the, this this program. Prepare to go and throw yourself off Southend Pier. Terry Caldwell from East Seventeen. I have to tell you who he is because you don't know. The Maid in Chelsea cast are also set to appear, and Vanessa Feltz. Oh God, another dreary program. She's going to kill Stone Dead. It's just appalling. that's all they can come up with. That's the best that they can get. Shows how desperately sad it must be out there at the moment. uh sam Bailey she's been on the uh, X Factor. she was on it seventeen years ago. I told you these people just go round and round and round and round and round and round and so uh, so she's been she's been there. The lineup for celeb Big Brother. no idea. no idea. I can't imagine. Apparently, Gemma Myrna stands out in Hollyoaks. Nobody knows who she is. They always have to pick somebody from Hollyoaks, don't they? Because there's generally something the matter with them. They go, oh, yeah, I'm on Hollyoaks. But nobody's watching you. Nobody's watching it. That's the trouble. So they sort of find a few of these bimbos who they stick on. That's how desperately sad we are in this country. America. I was watching the Andy Williams show this morning. It's all the big stars. All the, you know, everybody. The Osmonds and Dusty Springfield. What do we have? Spencer Matthews, ladies and gentlemen. That buffoon from Made in Chelsea and some bloke on there. I can't even tell you his name, but he kind of talks like that and he's just there. And I mean, how he's never been topped, I'll never know. He was... Everybody was taking the mickey out of him. Everybody... He doesn't know the price of milk. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. And he's... I mean, he's either the campus thing since the Christmas tree was invented with lights on Or failing that, he's doing a very good impression of a failed heterosexual. No, it's not. No, his name—he's got a double-barrel kind of name. I don't know what he does. But he was talking the other day about flowers. Good to have flowers. Go to a dinner party if they don't have flowers, it's just awful. And I was looking at him, thinking, "Are you for real? Or or are you? Is is this some sort of made-up caricature?" Spencer Matthews is a bit thick, I'm afraid. And he can't help it. Then they had a few other bimbos from Made in Chelsea. The worst ones were Geordie Shore. Have you ever seen the classless people in that? Oh, God, I'm so grateful I don't live anywhere near there. Oh, dear me. Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. The girls couldn't... They were foul-mouthed. They were just absolutely... it, It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen on the television. I seriously had no idea that Geordie Shaw was actually a programme until I'd, I'd seen little bits of it. Then they showed you something from the, from the Welsh version, even even lower off the scale, even lower off... The, I mean, that was just the valleys. Oh, but these women, do they realise what sort of tramps they are and how they come out? Are they not bothered? Are they that low rent? that they don't really care, because all they seem to do is just drink, behave bad. At one point, this bleach-blonde, fat whale of a creature launched herself at one of the blokes, because he'd looked at some other girl. I mean, it was they were throwing... F- oh, it was just disgusting. I mean, it really was the most awful thing. I've just never seen anything like it at all in my life, and I sat there, just amazed at how how base television has become with these... With These reality shows, there's nobody on it who's got any talent at all. Even the Made in Chelsea people are a bit dipsticks. You know, you've got some girl who's backwards and forwards with uh, poor old Spencer Matthews. I mean, what a bore he turns out to be. What a dullard, dull, uninteresting. I'm surprised nobody's hit him. I mean, it's some of the other ones, you know, there's one called Proudfoot, apparently. That's his surname. They, they don't use Christian names, we call everybody. So I'd be Alan. You know, they wouldn't know the first name at all. And Spencer Matthews. I mean, it just looks like some big girl's blouse on the television. It's just... It's awful. More rain today. Rain, 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 wind. Rain. Terrible rain. Terrible rain, I'm afraid. 80 mile an hour, Christmas storms to lash the the UK. And what they've actually said is it's going to come in today. Now, I did warn you last week. I did say that, unfortunately, before Christmas... It's going to get a bit bad, going to get a little bit bad. And lo and behold, I'm not wrong today. So if you're flying today from Stansted, uh, it may be, you know, because you're a bit exposed out there. He's hoping to take off at about five o'clock. I mean, that, that's that's the idea. That's the idea. I mean, I hope it, I hope it works, poor soul. Otherwise, he's going to be in a dreadful state. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you what the weather is now. Not that it's going to make too much difference. Wet Widespread gales, currently 7 degrees, it's going to climb to 11. Tonight, continuing wet, plenty of rain throughout the night. Just not bother getting the car washed. Uh, tomorrow, generally dry but cloudy, uh, so that's Christmas Eve. Tomorrow, Wednesday, dry with sunny spells, high 8. Thursday, dry with sunny spells, that's good. Friday, wet and windy, oh, typical. Just when I've got two shows at the Magic Circle. Two sold-out shows, at the... don't be late. Have to make... You have to make sure you get up there on time. And uh, Winter Wonderland, uh, don't bother going there today because they're, they're going to close it because of the weather. Because we went on one of the rides, it was raining, was it last Sunday we went, or the Sunday before? Sunday before, I think. And, last Sunday, that's right, thank you. And I can't remember where I, where I was at any one particular time. I know I was at the, uh, at the LBC party on Friday, and, uh, and I know I was good. They all said I was. And so that was quite exciting. A few people I've got to apologise to later, but we'll we'll get over that one when we actually get round to it. And so we went out to Winter Wonderland, and just when we went on one of the rides, one of the roller coasters, it started raining. and we got drenched. We got drenched. I didn't care. I didn't care. 8.30, Christmas Day, internet shopping frenzy begins. In uh, Oxford Street yesterday, all the sales are on. The sales are on now. It depends whether you believe that they are sales or whether you you think it's a bit overhyped. But in fact, I was talking to some people yesterday and they were saying that uh, it's amazing to watch people coming out of the supermarkets with trolleys piled high. Perhaps you're all into batten down the hatches and don't want to go out over the whole Christmas period. But everything's going to be open on Boxing Day. You don't need to worry about it. Everything, everything is is going to be... Uh, is it Mark Francis Vendellis? Mark Fran... Yeah, Mark... Mark... Frendelis, I think it is, actually. Mark Fendelis. And uh from uh, the, he steps out with the posh Victoria bird, which I thought was quite uh, quite funny. Oh he's straight, is he? Oh right, there you go. Uh stevedlbc.co.uk. LBC dot co dot UK Oh look, poor little soul. Is that little one there? Honestly, oh it's a bit sweet, isn't it? Let's uh this call me Martin. Whoever he is, he's a bit peculiar, isn't he? It's somewhat mentally ill. I don't know what's going on with him. He, he's got all sorts of strange thing here. My God, what a lot of issues you've got! What a lot of issues you've got! You really are a bit, uh, a bit cracked, aren't you? That's oh, the gambling bloke. I quite like. I was quite. I was laughing actually upstairs when I heard this bloke who was uh, thinking he sounded like an expert on gambling, and uh, and somebody else who said he'd, he'd lost eight hundred and fifty quid. I thought he must be a complete buffoon. A complete buffoon. These people. It's hilarious, isn't it? Uh, so it's Mark Francis Vendelis from Made in Chelsea. Somebody says watch Joey's uh, Joey Essex's occupation. I don't think he has one, does he? He's got a little shop, and they it, they were obviously showing. Re, it was obviously re clips, wasn't it? The other day, or sort of old little bits on there. And one of them was uh, was saying, "Oh, he's um, he's actually um, he's actually got a shop, but he was auditioning people to come and work in it." And one of them was some was a friend of his. And when his friend walked in, he said, "What's your name?" And his friend said, "I was. I thought he, I've known him for ten years. Why does he not know my name?" And the answer is, um, the answer is he, he was he was pretending to audition for somebody. On that, Mario was on there. I think Mario's girlfriend Lucy Mecklenburg, uh, sensationally quit the programme. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. She's obviously got a lot, lot of things lined up. I'm expecting another reality show, or pantomime at the very least, because I don't really think she's going to go any further at all. No further than that. But Mario was on there. She threw a glass of wine over him because she just... For some strange reason, she'd had a one-night stand with somebody. I mean, she's quite clearly the good time had by all around the Brentwood area. And so she sort of... She had this one-night stand. He then, as she walks past, he then says, Oh, another one-night stand. And so then she... Because she's got no, no class. She then rounds on him and throws red wine all over him. I mean, it must have been pre, pre-worked pre out, because he's wearing a white suit. And I don't know many men, unless they're absolutely swinging from chandeliers gay, who go out wearing a white suit. Or you're John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. You're just not going to go out wearing a white suit, are you? And so he got drenched. And, uh, it was, and, then, she, and then she sensationally quit the programme at the end. So I thought, well, good news for that. Bad news is Lydia Dim might be coming back. They've approached her. And Amy Childs, I think, has got another reality show to do. It involves ski jumping outside of the country. Yes, I'm praying for that as well. It's LBC 11. No, it's not. It's 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And the time now is 4th. Only everybody. 29 minutes too f- Are we on split screen? I can't remember if we're on the right screen on this thing. Are we on the right one? Are the. Um, yeah, I, I got that bit. Sorry. I was just trying to, trying to get my uh, email. We don't seem to have got any emails. Is that. And I, I sort of. I keep refreshing it. And I'm thinking, is it, are they going to reappear from somewhere else around the corner? We had this before, didn't we? We were sort of, we were sort of watching, watching the emails, and all of a sudden they weren't there. And they're surprised. then we sort of click onto this other page, and there's reams of the blasted things. So we'll have, we'll have a quick look at that, actually. Uh, very quickly, so it's 8.30, Christmas Day, internet shopping frenzy will be beginning. And that's when you're going to be going out, and that's when you'll be spending all the money that you'll be given over Christmas. Which is uh, which is lovely. And here she is, poor old Heather Mills, droning on to anybody who'll want to listen to this weary old so-and-so about uh, a video rant online. She's done it on YouTube because she's an attention seeker. She's, uh, she's really not very pleasant at all. And in a six-minute tirade, the ex-wife of Sir Paul McCartney, boy, was he glad to get rid of her, claimed that the International Paralympic Committee official had it in for me. She's suffering from delusions, I'm afraid. She's always been a bit delusional as poor old heather mill so she drones on to anybody who'll listen which is uh, about it's, she's a bit Nancy delusional she's one of those sort of people she's an attention seeker she thinks the world owes her a living and she's got no no discernible talent she's uh, she's tried various things and nothing's worked actually so far so she's uh, she's quit uh, representing Great Britain. Well, there you go. Thank God for that. Let's move over. Somebody else can have a go at it. So she quit the British disabled ski team after she was told by the head of the IPC, Sylvana Mistra, she had to change her ski boot to comply with the rules. But, of course, Heather Mills being Heather Mills is the, um, is the one shouting the odds. And nobody's listening to her anymore, I'm afraid, because she's just so past it. Unfortunately, Abby Clancy is not past it. And she's now going to get back to real life. And she said, now I'm going home. The best person won, as predicted. Never wrong on these things. I could have told you she was going to win from day one. In fact, when the when the series started, I said she was a dancer. She was the one who had it off to a, a fine art. Got nothing to do with, you know, I mean, Susanna Reid's Quite clear the BBC are trying to make something of her and that's why they pointedly, pointedly, hardly ever mentioned Abby, Cl- Abby Clancy at all. And the interview that ran on the BBC News, shame on the editor on that one. Perhaps he was sort of, you know, taking backhanders from somebody. They, they didn't have an interview with Abby Clancy. They had one with Susanna Reid, the loser. I not quite understand why, but I suppose best... They were obviously smarting a little bit that their little girl, the favourite with the bookmakers, uh, didn't do anything. Favourite with the bookmakers, not the British public, though so there you go. Uh, 84850 stevenlbc.co.uk Apparently Matalan customers may have bought Angora clothing without realising after bosses told staff to remove tags and advertising for the controversial fabric. The fashion chain wanted to cover up its sale of the garments after a backlash over the barbaric treatment of rabbits being farmed for their wool and a furious shop worker leaked Matalan's instructions, sent in a memo to all managers. Apparently uh, the boss, Ingrid Newkirk, says people are so angry. Matalan is sorely underestimating consumer savvy. So, anyway, after we contacted Matalan, this is the mirror, a new memo went out reversing the order to remove swing labels and point of sale advertising. They've now suspended all future Angora orders. Perhaps, perhaps Angora, but perhaps uh, Matalan just having a laugh at you. That's it. And so they, uh, they, they, they've sent out this Matalan memo. I mean, whether it's genuine, I've got no idea. But they do underestimate, don't they, the public? They do underestimate exactly how much the public will vote with their feet. And if Matalan are selling jumpers that are made from tortured rabbits, well, then they deserve the kick in the small spherical objects, even after staff were told to cut off the Angora labels. I think that's just atrocious. They've obviously bought loads of this stuff. I mean, when, when, the, when you get big chains, they're buying, they're buying hundreds of thousands of things. And I just, I think to myself, looking at the way these poor rabbits suffer, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all, I'm afraid. I really don't. Uh, Robbie Williams says, I'm not going to be bald before I die. So there you go. (laughs) I mean, he has aged. You know why he's aged so badly? He smokes. And smoking ages people. You know that smoking ages people, because you've probably noticed it yourself. And uh, Robbie's getting very, whereas, um... You know the other members of the group. I don't know who else smokes in the group. I only discovered the other day one of my producers smokes. I didn't realise. I, I find it, um, I find it quite, uh, quite, quite strange that people smoke in this day and age. I don't know why. I mean, I shouldn't do because I used to smoke. I have no, no problem with with anybody smoking. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Uh, but you, but you sort of worry about you know people's health. But because it's addictive, and because people enjoy smoking, I never ever say to anybody, "Don't stop smoking." That would, that would that would be. There used to be a presenter at LBC some some years ago, and he was a bit sanctimonious about people smoking because in those days you could smoke in the studio. I could sit here with a cigarette on, fill up an ashtray. Not now. I haven't been able to smoke in buildings for years. So come hell or high water, wind, rain, pestilence, flood, whatever it happens to be, people would stand outside a building getting lashed by the elements, all for the sake of having a cigarette. And I don't smoke anymore, but I would never stop anybody else smoking. Doesn't bother me at all. Really doesn't bother me. I don't want somebody to blow cigarette smoke in my face. But if somebody's smoking, like we went to the party the other day, and there was, I think there was about three people who smoked there. And they would go outside and turn. So I went out with them as well. You know, like to sort of, you know, keep in with people. And uh, I was also hanging on to them at the time. (laughs) Because I bought, when we went in there, I bought a bottle of wine. And Vicky... The Etchell said to me, she said, don't, I, I, we, we've got wine. Of course, by that time, it was too late. I'd ordered my wine. So I, was quite, so I was hanging on to mine in the ice bucket for grim death. And then the other wine turned up. And, you know, you go from that stage, you know, you've had three or four glasses of wine and everything's all ticking along quite nice. And then the next one pushes you slightly over the edge. And such was Friday night. I mean, I don't think I disgraced myself too much. Well, I managed to make it back to the station, so that's, that's good. I think it was so funny, somebody the other day was... Uh, I think somebody phoned Nick Abbott. He was, he was one of his particularly bad moods. He was having a bad mood. And somebody, uh, somebody phoned up and said to him, I think we've forgotten the true meaning of Christmas. And he said, what, what, presents? And she went, no, no, Christianity. He said, it's got nothing to do with Christmas. And so they had this, this bizarre discussion about Christmas and Christianity. And, and he said, no, it's Christianity it has got nothing to do with Christmas at all. It's to do with presents. It's pagan. It's, got, it's been hijacked. It's got nothing to do with the, with the birth of the baby Jesus. It's been hijacked. And over the years, it's sort of, you know, it's got sort of taken over. So you get those people. And it all seems to be those people who who purport to being Christian, who complain bitterly about what the rest of us do. And you think, why would you worry? Why not just worry about yourself? You used to have some woman who used to phone up years ago and start quoting the Bible, you know, and saying, oh, it says man shall not lie with man. You think it also says, you know, if you cheat on your husband, you get lashed to death, and um, and various other things in the Bible, because she only chose out the little bits that sounded... And I don't think she'd ever been to church in her life. She was just one of these, what they call, little do-gooders, the curtain twitchers, the nosy people, the people who tell you what you should be doing, whereas, in fact, they should be worrying about what they're doing. Don't worry about what the rest of us are doing. It doesn't make any difference. You know, you worry about your own little life and let other people worry about it. And if people over Christmas want to sort of buy presents for each other and have Christmas trees and get drunk or do whatever, Fine. Let them do Don't worry about them. Get up with your own life. You know, that's why churches are closing at the rate of God knows how many a day. And they're turning them into flats or art centres because nobody's going to church because they've suddenly realised it's a little bit hypocritical. Don't worry about what everybody else does. Worry about your own little life. You know, as long as your own life's ticking along quite nicely, well, then so be it. But don't start preaching to other people. I watched Songs of Praise the other day. It must have been filmed ages ago at the Royal Albert Hall. And they had... Um, the usual crowd, singing a very unchristian crowd, people wearing tinsel and Father Christmas hats and everything else, I ask you. And so they had various people in there singing that which I quite liked here. I I joined in at home. I like that. I, I, I enjoy that that kind of thing. Then they brought on Michael Ball to sing O Holy Night, which apparently was the top song of Christmas. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been Hark the Herald Angels, or While Shepherds Watched, or... And they had various they had little choirs on there, who were quite good, actually. It's nice to see choristers, but they always make them stand... Whereas they'd probably rather be wearing jeans and T-shirts. They make them wear cassocks or surplices. Well, the surplice goes over the top of the cassock. I know, because I was that chorister. And it was only till they, they, they dropped, and then I had to go to another choir, because, you know, you can't sing falsetto anymore. But I used to love going to sing in the choir at Christmas. It was a great time Great time, but they brought on Michael Ball at the end. Ali Jones was very good, and the orchestra were great, and I liked that. I liked it. I do like a, I, I like a good sing-song at Christmas. We like a good sing-song at Christmas. I'm very, I'm very happy every time I turn on the television, they're doing a big sing-song from the Royal Albert Hall or the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I couldn't care less about their religious beliefs. I'm not remotely interested in anybody's religious beliefs. I'm interested in, in what it sounds like. So, I've got a DVD at home, which somebody sent me very kindly, of the Mormon Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And they're huge. It's an enormous choir. Absolutely enormous. And this, this citadel that they've got, it's just enormous. And they've got an orchestra and everything else. But there don't seem to be many young people there. It was mainly sort of older men. And they do do different versions of some of our carols. But either way, you can't be. If I had enough money, I'd be bringing over to this country, because I don't think they've ever been here. I don't think the Mormon Tabernacle Choir have ever played... Well, they might have done. If they have, somebody will have to tell me. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing that, you know, this huge choir... It would cost a fortune to bring them over, but it would be lovely. It would be lovely to bring them over. Or failing that, to bring down from Welsh Wales, Boys Allowed. That would be great. That would be absolutely fantastic. That would be, that would be the ultimate Christmas present. If you won the lottery to bring down Boys Aloud and, and let them sing for people. Uh, strongest hint yet, Simon Cowell, that uh, dreary old Cheryl Cole, Y-A, can't understand a word you see a pit, uh, could be coming back to the X Factor. Oh, God, why? Why? She's got no talent. What is she on there for? Simon, it needs you to come back to the X Factor. That's what it needs. It doesn't need anything else. Uh, apparently Simon said she was really, really good judge I mean, she took what she did seriously No, she didn't Nobody cares That's the trouble, isn't it? They can't find anybody else Now that Gary Barlow's left X Factor And to be honest with you, I mean Did you see him entertaining the troops? They don't like him at all They were heckling and everything <laughs> It was quite bad, really I felt a bit sorry for him little bit sorry for him. 84850, uk. Weave everything in on the programme this morning. Well, we try and weave everything in. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc. Uh, Made in Chelsea. Says, can't see the attraction to Spencer at all. No, I mean, I I, I have watched the programme a few times. I, I, I can't say that I'm addicted to it. I can't say I'm addicted to it. I, I do enjoy... I do enjoy watching it, but I I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it at all, actually. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. I'll tell you, this is is what you're dealing with here. This is somebody called Charles, Colin, Duncan, Elizabeth. That's what you call schizophrenic. (laughs) Somebody who doesn't know who they are at all. Pathetic, isn't it? Poor old Elizabeth, honestly, who's really Colin, who's really. Somebody who's not very well, I suppose. Uh, so somebody else who says they, they cannot see the attraction of Spencer. It's not the attraction of Spencer. It's the, it's the attraction of the programme. These people, what they do, and that's why I'm perfectly entitled to, to pour scorn and have comment on them, um, because they deliberately set themselves up on television. They deliberately tell you everything about their life. I cut some stories from the Sunday papers. I'll, I'll bring you some of them a bit later on. Uh, one of them is Melanie Sykes. So she's, she's now going to uh, divorce Jack Cockings, or whatever he's called, her husband, who she attacked. Uh, and she got a police caution. And so she's... As if anybody cares about Melanie Sykes. Okay, why, why would you care about whether she whether she's married, whether she's not married? But they sell every aspect of their life, and just underneath that, the uh, the extremely dull and dreary Natalie Cassidy on uh, on you know going back out with her husband and then not going out with her. Why do they parade their lives in front of people? Why do they parade their lives in front of people? Small wonder nobody likes these people. I turned on the telly the other day, and there is Melanie Sykes, and you know how fake she is. When you watch her, sort of dribbling all over that Gino De Campo, Campo Gino, he's there, and they're sort of, and you think you're fake because what you're really like is that nasty piece of work who attacked your husband. So I should imagine there's a nasty little streak there somewhere. Whereas at least with uh, at least with Nigella Lawson, you just get. <sighs> Let's have some Kentucky. You know, I mean, that's so much easier, isn't it? It solves everything. Quarter to five. I can't believe tomorrow's Christmas Eve. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and I've got so much to do today. I've got so much. I've got to go and deliver so many bottles of wine and chocolates and champagne, and I'm running out of champagne, so I've got to go back to Costco and get some more champagne and get it all done before the bad weather comes in. It's terrible, isn't it, really? Trying to get all these things up, but I love it. I love it at Christmas. Somebody said the other day, they were talking about Christmas. They said, I'm really, I'm not ashamed to tell everybody, I love Christmas. It's as simple as that. I just, I I think it was Michael Ball. He said, I absolutely love it. And I thought, I love it too. All we want, though, is just a light dusting of snow. A light dusting of snow on Christmas day that that would make I know for some parts of the country they're going no i don 't think so we we'd rather rather not have snow, Steve, if you don't mind uh, lots of pictures of the drunks out and about on the street already they will be out and about, and uh, it will be embarrassing. there will be arrests, and the police as usual stretched to capacity they'll be going here we go again it's there's no there's no logical rhyme or reason why people want to go out there and just get really really hammered. Here's a picture of Gemma Collins, dear God, in a swimsuit. (sighs) Scary! It's very scary, very, very scary. I mean, obviously she can't get arrested, so that's why they've got to. Can can you get me a reality show? Something? Yeah, darling, we'll 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 get you. um, We'll get you this one. And so, are you going to be wearing a swimming costume? (laughs) Cool. Terrible. Thirty-two years old, but as I say, with the mental the mental age of about a five-year-old, I'm afraid, judging the way she talks. Her and Bobby. You could have taken them and dropped them both off the end of Bridlington Pier, and nobody would miss them at all. There's some poor Slade fan here. Now, you know Slade are very popular. Noddy Holder makes a fortune. Out of so. here it is, Mary. Cri- About half a million pounds, 800000 by the end of the year. So just under the million he will have uh, brought in through sales and uh, through people filling in the PRS forms. But anyway, the actual group Slade don't have Noddy Holder with them. He, he left ages ago. They had a slight disagreement, and so they tour without him even though it's really his voice that made all the records. And there's one Slade fan here. He was told to rock off, rock off, for waving his arms around too much while dancing at the concert. Daz Bishop, is anybody really called Daz? I mean, I ask you. Said he was told to stop dancing like a so-and-so by staff before being ejected for health and safety reasons. He says, I've seen them all over the world. It's the first time I've been kicked out of a concert for dancing. He said, I wasn't drunk. He comes from a place called Penkridge in Staffordshire. Claims he was asked to leave the gig. And he says, I wasn't being aggressive. His ticket was £61. £61. To see Slade. It's unbelievable. Birmingham Town Hall venue boss Andrew Jowett backed his security staff. He said he was blocking the view of others. Oh, well, that's it. If you're an idiot, you've got to throw you out. Stupid people like that, do we? Ridiculous. Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Yes, Sam Bailey is a cover version of uh, Demi Lovato's. She was the X Factor winner in America. And so she brought out this, this song. And so Sam, Bailey, Sam Bailey's album is all covers. And they never do anything original. It's always covers. But I tell you... Oh, that, that was something I was going to say to you. My phone went slightly red hot after the Ali Jones sing-along at the Royal Albert Hall, which had Michael Ball on it and choirs and an orchestra. It was wonderful. What was the big letdown? Susan Boyle. Here's Su- here, Susan Boyle. Average singer. Very, very, very average. Seriously. I mean, you'd have thought it was amateur night. It was so bad. She's very, very weak-voiced, cannot sustain notes for any length of time at all. It was it was almost embarrassing. And the moment she finished singing, my phone rang. I went, have you just watched that? And I went, what did you think? I went, terrible. Terrible. I mean, it was... if She was awful. And her, her interview with Ali Jones, I mean, he was asking questions like, so, do you enjoy Christmas... I do enjoy Christmas. And that was it. It was it was just terrible. But the singing was weak beyond belief. It was absolutely awful. I uh, hope you have a fabulous uh, holiday season. Yes. I, well, I, listen. It's all, the whole of Christmas is always great for me. It's family. It's food. It's presents. It's driving. It's everything that, that encompasses Christmas for me. I love all of it. Christmas trick. Wait to see what my brother's tree looks like this year. I've already seen the tree of my godchildren because that was up the last time I was down there. And they've got theirs outside, which best place for trees because they last longer. And so uh, my brother's tree, I know he's moved stuff out of the city, so I can't wait to see what this thing looks like. I've given him a set of lights, so he should literally keep the national cr- grid going. Although some people don't like Christmas trees. I suppose some the other day. Paul, Paul Cooper has sold, I think, all his Christmas trees, and he had hundreds this year, hundreds and hundreds of trees, everything from a, a four-foot tree up to a 15-foot tree. A lot of trees this year. And of course, a lot of people will be going out tomorrow to buy them because the Polish buy for Christmas Eve. So they do it. So they, they, they don't put it up beforehand. So I then got presents from my friend Kasher and my friend Perry. They gave me bottles of wine. I can't imagine where people get this idea from that I drink wine. But anyway, so I'm going to be taking them presents around today. They've got chocolates. Uh, it's whatever because it's, it's so easy to buy. Cho- you know, you can't buy anything. I can't buy anything else for anybody. If you buy them a candle, some people go, "Oh, I don't like that scent." So that was that was the problem. I bought some shower gel yesterday. I bought some Joe Malone shower gel in Selfridges, and uh, it was a bit rammed in the Joe Malone department. But it was easier than trekking along to the shop. It's good. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, Lynn says it's so depressing, Steve. How the same zedless celebrities get shuffled from one silly reality programme to another. Thank goodness I'm of an age that had the pleasure of watching real stars. Yes, I'm exactly... The go- Here's Vanessa Feltz again. Oh, dear God, in ever find somebody different, for Christ's sake. Don't keep shoving the same old talentless people up there. me. It's a waste of time. Like Gemma Collins. We've seen this foul-mouthed, vile woman... On the only way is Essex. And here she is, you know, here's Gemma Collins. I mean, I hope to be... I, I hope, to goodness sake, she just gets kicked out straight away. What Michaela Strachan's doing it for, I've got no idea. I mean, she must be 70 now. I was, who was it saying he's 70? When David Coleman died, when people were saying he's 87, because I said to a friend of mine, David Coleman's died, and so she said, how old was he? I said, well, how old do you think? She said, 65, I went, 87! She said, I can't believe it, so I couldn't believe it either. I didn't know he was, he was that old. But uh, Michaela Strachan must be... I mean, she must be 50-something, mustn't she? And then they've got this uh, this poor girl, Gemma Myrna. As I say, nobody knows who she is. Even I mean, the producer, and he's of that age, he knows who young people are. Even he's have no, never heard of her either. Uh, Michelle Michaela Strachan says she won't do glamour, while Gemma says she doesn't want to be seen as just a big whale in the pool. But, darling, you are so a big whale in the pool. You know, you are going to be the one floundering around. It's an embarrassment, but that's the best you can get, isn't it? That is the best that you can get. It's a reality show, and you've moved to another reality show. Perhaps you won't be as foul-mouthed on this one as you have been on the uh, Only Wears Essex, where you've just been so disgustingly awful, really. Um, I'm really surprised, you know, that that you've still survived it. Don't forget, Bishop's Wife, 9.20 this morning, BBC Two, says Paul in Manchesterford. And just to either get you in the Christmas mood or lose the will to live the most highly anticipated show of the season, it's Peter Andrex, my... Sorry, my life at Christmas. Nine o'clock. My TV magazine telling me it's apparently he loves his kids getting the house prepared by doing some more blooming home improvements. Oh, God, how dreary. Yes, we've seen the clips of the programme. It's the most boring Christmas under the sun. Peter Andrex, yeah, I want to do this in front of the cameras. Why don't you just grow up, pal? Only just grow up and do everybody a favour. When you watch the Bishop's Wife this morning at nine twenty on BBC Two, it's it's a really good Christmas film. It's I I watched I watched two Christmas films the other day. I watched White Christmas, and I watched uh, Frank Capra's film as well, which I which I loved. It was it's so good. It always makes me cry every time. Uh, The Bishop's Wife. Is just nice. It doesn't make me cry, it's, but it's just a nice Christmas film. You must watch it. I don't often say to people, you must go watch something on the television or record it. we well, certainly get round to doing it. Uh, apparently, the Shine retiring Tostos, this is old Andrex's girlfriend. This is the one who looks about five years old, who's pregnant. And so we're going to have to suffer with that forever and a day. We'll be seen receiving a Christmas gift off the deluded one of two turtle doves. Hopefully, they'll last longer than the fish. And has anybody actually seen the pugs he brought during the last series? No. Have you seen it? where? Where do those things go? They just do it for effect, don't they? The trouble is, poor old Peter Andre and his dreary family. They just think that we all want to see them, except we don't. we're not remotely interested in somebody, you know, in a Christmas thing that was filmed ages ago. Nobody cares. Weather permitting, he says, see you Friday. He says, day early, I know, but best wishes to dawn for tomorrow from Dad and me, Paul, in Manchesterford. So dawn must be a birthday. Is it a birthday? How lovely. We love a... This time of year, a birthday. <gasps> Isn't that dreadful when you end up, because they get smaller presents, I think. And uh, Anoreen says, uh, please wish Joe a very happy birthday from all of us. Says, really enjoyed in conversation. Are you going to buy candles with bark inside? Yeah, this is the crackling candles. I don't know if I'm going to get round to doing it today. I've got so many things to so I've got to get back, load the car up, and then start delivering stuff. I don't think it's. I'm going to get round to all of it. But these these are candles. The wick is made out of bark. So when you light it, it makes a sound like a crackling fire. I think they're called crackling candles. Noreen says, I hope everybody's safe in the forecast storms and people setting off to visit family and friends for Christmas arrive OK. We're, all, we're actually hoping he, he takes off all right. He's got to go and sit at... It's a five o'clock flight. I mean, you know, he, he could be buffeted around up there. I mean, he could be tossed around all over the place. Oh, it could be a nightmare. Depending on whether or not... I mean, if, if it comes down as bad as they say, and I'm praying that it doesn't, they might not even let flights take off because it's, sometimes it is too windy for the flights. And if there's rain coming in and, oh, I don't want to ruin his day because, bless his heart, he's, he's, he's packed his little... He's, he's got it all in a little sort of coloured neckerchief thing and he's got it over his shoulder and a little stick and everything else like that. Looking forward to seeing his parents, seeing his mum at Christmas. And then he's off on holiday, off to Tenerife to lie on a beach in a pair of Speedos and sample the nightlife. Mm. That'll be in some tavern or something. He'll be found propping up the bar. <laughs> Just imagine. I hope he gets off. I, ho- I, hope-, I hope the weather doesn't, doesn't become as bad as people say. I really do, because that would be absolutely awful. Lenny Henry's in the papers today. And uh, he's lost a lot of weight. He really has. He's lost a lot of weight. And looks very good, they say. We're seeing a lot less of you these days, Lenny. Yes, it's true. It's true. We are seeing a lot less of Lenny Henry. And uh, very good, he looks, too. Uh, Amazon's Christmas Day Savings, they've got all sorts of... Uh, this is why they're launching their sale early. So, in fact, if you want to buy a television, they've got a Toshiba 32-inch. Sounds quite big enough, doesn't it, 32 inches? Uh, normally, 28999, nine nine, they're doing it for 248, so you save 14%. Biggest saving is on a Prestige three-piece aluminium cookware set. like That's what you need at Christmas, isn't it? Normally £64 down to £32.46. Braun toothbrush, £73 down to £45. And a Sony PlayStation Shock 3 controller, 90 days PS Plus vouchers, £53 down to £29.99. You save 43%. So they're trying to get the last bit of money out of you, ladies and gentlemen, so good luck to them. The high street will be buzzing today with a storm warning. ...is over the big Christmas getaway as millions of you jet away to find sunshine and family. Morning, everybody. It's Monday morning. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. So today is the day that if you don't really want to be stressed out tomorrow, you go and get the stuff. So my friend Michael is uh, going to hit Marks and Spencers at five uh, at the Meadows in Camberley... ...then back to bed for a few hours and then off to work. It's interesting that there is a Marks and Spencers story in the papers today... It emanated, I think, from Saturday. And so what they've done is they've, they've carried on the story for today. And this is the bizarre story. This is the bizarre scenario. Apparently, Marks and Spencer's apologised to their customers because they had two Muslim people on the checkout and they refused to serve customers with pork or with booze because of their strict uh, laws. Well, we've had Muslim staff in Marks & Spencers in Twickenham for ages. They've never refused to serve anybody at all. I can't quite understand whether or not Marks & Spencers are being particularly peculiar about this. A little bit stupid, because if somebody gets a job working in a a supermarket, I mean, surely there is the chance that you're going to be selling somebody wine or bacon or some sort of pork product at some point, especially over Christmas when we have little pork sausages. Now, I can quite understand and I respect somebody's beliefs. Well, then don't get a job in Marks & Spencers. Unless you're particularly dumb, go work somewhere else where you're not going to come into contact with this thing. I mean, I know people who work in and live in Oman. And you won't find any, anywhere, you know, as devout. And you can buy alcohol and pork from authorised outlets and are served by devout, hard-working Muslims. I don't quite understand why somebody over here goes... And so, in other words, if I go to the checkout in some Marks & Spencer stores, they say it doesn't happen in Twickenham because they're all far too sensible... And at the bottom of my basket, there's some bacon and a bottle of wine. Do they get halfway through, having put it through the checkout, and then go, I can't serve you that because I'm Muslim. I'm going to go, don't be so stupid. Don't be so stupid. Get get a job somewhere where you don't have to come into contact with these things. But this is a supermarket. I am in a Sarah in pool... Right, don't get a job, then expect the employer to bend over backwards to change just because you've chosen to make yourself incapable of performing the job that you applied for. Because if you apply for a job on a checkout, you don't write on the bottom of it, by the way, I'm uh, I'm actually Christian and I'm vegan, so I don't want to serve any meat and, and I certainly don't want to, to work, you know, I, I also hold strong views about halal meat. Otherwise it's just ludicrous, you're into a silly situation, Somebody's written from Rochdale and says, M&S, shame on you. Anybody working in retail understands they'll be handling all items sold by that outlet. My family will no longer even visit M&S. As we see, this is a step towards apartheid. Muslims one side, Christians and others on the, on the other. I mean, I've never heard anything like it. I remember there was a case, I don't know if you remember it, in the papers ages ago. And it was, it was a, a Muslim who got a job working in a place that cooked breakfast. He was working in the kitchen. And he complained and he took them to court because they'd actually made him cook bacon. I thought, but you're working in a kitchen. What do you expect? They're doing breakfast, they're going to be pork sausages, and there's going to be bacon. I mean, surely, you know, if if you don't want to come into contact with this, don't get a job there. Go somewhere else. I find it unbelievable that people sort of actually think that if you're Muslim, you don't come into contact with alcohol. I know lots of young Muslim guys who drink alcohol by the same token, I know that there are some Jews who eat bacon. You know, that's the way it is. You know, don't ever think that everybody adheres to every single rule. There are probably some some Muslims who sort of adhere to absolutely everything. Don't go anywhere near bacon or pork or anything like that. Don't go near boot, but that's fine. But don't get a job working in a supermarket where you've done it deliberately to go, oh, I've, I've been offended by this. Because otherwise we'll all be standing there going, sorry, can we have the manager over here? I'm halfway through my, my shopping and this person now won't serve me with this. I mean, this is just, what, so I'd go to another aisle? It becomes like Ikea. And so m are now facing a boycott. I mean, you will do if they start having people standing at the till saying, I can't serve that. What about vegetarians? I'm sorry you bought meat, meat is murder, I'm not serving that. I mean I can see all sorts of problems occurring. I'm sorry I'm I'm teetotal. I'm offended by you buying alcohol. You know, I'm terribly sorry I'm fat, and you're buying chocolate. I don't want to serve you with chocolate. It can be all sorts of things, can't there? All sorts of reasons that people people sort of change things. Uh Believe it or not, Lindsay Hilsome has actually seen the Mormon Tabernacle Choir a couple of times. If you like choirs, have a listen to my chorus, Viva A Capella." sometime over the holidays. You can find us on YouTube. I shall have a look. Happy Christmas to you and to yours. I'm sure it'll be... Uh, I think it's going to be very nice this year, isn't it? It's going to be over ever so fast. It's so going to be over fast for everybody. If tomorrow is Christmas Eve... Next day is Christmas Day. I'm here Christmas Day between 7 and 10. So tomorrow, Christmas Eve, normal time. Christmas Day, 7 till 10. I get a bit of a lie-in. Woo, woo. Haven't had a lie-in for years, which is very exciting. And um, and then not here on Boxing Day, but here on the day after. And then I've got two shows at the Magic Circle. Uh, somebody says, David Conn was great. Best ever sports presenter. He cocked up all the time. His mistakes were legendary. His mistakes were absolutely legendary. In fact most of the papers have printed all his uh, all his gaffes today uh somebody says I had the misfortune to watch part of the uh the Jack Whitehall program. Well, I've already slagged off the jack Whitehall his dreadful program. It's just not funny actually just not funny at all uh, there are no real t v stars nowadays no there aren't i'm afraid there are no real not not proper people not 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 proper people at all. You know, which is a shame, really, because I think, you know, now the whole thing is made up of reality stuff. And they've got nothing to talk about because they don't actually have any particular talent. They don't have any particular talent. Uh, all all they actually have is the, the ability to appear on, on television. 84850, oh, Uh Somebody says here, surely you're allowed to touch packaging. Isn't the religion not to consume the stuff, says Jan? I don't know. I just don't quite understand why you're going to get there and somebody's going to go, I'm sorry. So Marks and Spencer have to apologise. I think what they need to do is check. I'm sorry. If if you're applying for a job at Marks and Spencer's, you're applying for a job doing what? Working on the tills. OK, fine. We serve booze here. OK, we have little pork sausages. We've got pork. We've got stuffing. We've got everything. We've got bacon. OK, so we can't take you on. I'm terribly sorry because it's against your religious beliefs. Because we've got Muslims working Twickenham and they've never had any problems serving anything at all. They're not having to consume it. So it shouldn't make any difference. So I think what you have to do is say, no, we think you're actually applying for the job under false pretenses and we don't want you to be offended, so we're not going to give you the job. Well, could I have a job stacking shelves? No, you can't. You know, let's start being being sensible about this. It makes so much more sense. Otherwise, you can have all sorts of problems at the tills. There's going to be people losing their temper and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. So, uh, you know, if, if they're not selling alcohol or pork, go and get a job somewhere else. Go and get a job somewhere else. To be honest with you, there must be Muslims working in halal butcher shops. How are they getting away with it then? Obviously it doesn't bother them. Steve, I don't understand Marks and Spencers. I'm Jewish. I don't eat pork. I don't impose my religious beliefs on others. No. I used to work at Astor. I've never had a problem serving people with products I wouldn't buy myself. Yeah, I know. I mean, what happens if it's a boozy Christmas pudding or a sherry trifle? I don't know. These, I mean, the the people who've been highlighted here, and and frankly, all they found is two in the country. So they should have weeded them out a long time ago and and got rid of them. You can't work on a till if you're going to start dictating what you're going to serve and what you're not going to serve. Because sherry trifle, the clue is in sherry. You could probably catch them out, I should imagine. One of them actually got compensation, I remember reading a short while ago. Somebody actually got compensation. I mean, people have, have posted, uh, you know, things on, online and said you should boycott M&S, but they haven't actually gone through with this yet. But if they're seriously going to have people working on the tills who will only serve you with certain things, I think the business goes elsewhere. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with boozy Christmas puddings. I wasn't aware, actually, that, that Christmas puddings were that booze. I thought you added the booze. But either way, the sherry trifle, there's all sorts of things that you can come a cropper with, is I mean, one of our most popular things at this time of year is the little sausages with the bacon wrapped around this. In other words, you get them twice, You get the pork sausage and you get the bacon. So if they don't want to serve it, well, then go work somewhere else. I'm sorry, that's up to managers. You don't employ somebody like that who's going to cause a problem for the store because it's it's bad publicity, isn't it? But Jan, I think, is right. You can touch the packaging, but the religion is not to consume the stuff. Are you telling me that there's not going to be Muslims listening who say that, you know, we, we don't enjoy a little sherry every so often? Loads of people do. Loads of people do. I wish people had stop sort of generalising over things and thinking that nobody ever sort of does that kind of stuff. Because they do. Adrian says, My corner shop, run by devout Pakistani Muslims, serves me alcohol, pork and a lottery ticket with a smile. There you go. That's how it... That, that's quite normal, isn't it, really? I don't see why there'd be a problem. But they manage to, You always find somebody, though, don't you? You're always going to find somebody. It's, you know... I mean, I remember once... Uh, We were working in a particular building, and the man who was working on the front door overnight was very religious. And I came down to ask him where where the papers were one morning, to discover him doing his prayers in the canteen. Kind of put me off a little bit, because I was desperate for the papers. Too much so-called reality television. Yes, there is a a lot of reality television. We know why, because it's cheap programming. You just rely on idiots like Spencer Matthews and Gemma Collins. And then, uh, and then they they, they complain bitterly. And poor poor Gemma, as I say, she's thirty two. They were even saying in the program the other day, "Who was it? Do we find that thing?" We found a list from one of the um, the TV uh, people, one one of the show business people, who listed all the people he didn't like. And I was absolutely amazed to discover this particular. Person, doesn't like, I mean, well, he I mean, doesn't like some of the people I don't like. I don't like Chloe Sims either. But she was complaining on the programme the other week about Gemma Collins. I said, how old is she? Somebody said she's 32 and you think she needs to grow up. You know, she's a rather pathetic waste of space, as indeed are most of them on The Only Wears Essex. But, uh, but this one could drown because they've obviously started rehearsing. So already it's, uh, it's obviously gone way over our heads. We will watch. We will watch. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Somebody else pointing out, plenty of Muslim-owned corner shops that sell both alcohol and pork items. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We have them in Twickenham. We have loads of them. They have no problem selling alcohol. But for some reason, Marks and Spencer have bent over backwards to this too and, uh, and allowed them to carry on with this bizarre thing. Sounds absolutely ridiculous. We need to know which branch it is. That's what we need to know. And then you can, sort of, you can boycott that particular branch if you don't want to go there. Um, Steve, my son and I are just on our way to Smithfield for our turkey and there's Muslim butchers there who sell pork. That person was just after compensation. Well, it is... I mean, I hate to say it, but isn't it that the thing nowadays? You know, ooh, you've offended me. Give me money, give me money. And that, that seems to be the way that we're going. We appear to be going the way of the Americans. Do you remember, you It all started years ago with that woman who burnt herself on a cup of coffee in McDonald's, and then somebody who burnt their mouth on the filling in the hot apple pie, the clue being in hot apple pie, and, uh, and so they sued and won because uh, McDonald's hadn't told them that the that coffee was hot, and they spilt it in their lap, and you think, they must really be dumb, some of these people, and they go, oh, I'm offended by pork, and everything, well, you're not asking you to touch it and eat it, just ask you to sort of serve it, move it from there to there, everybody else manages it, I don't know why you can't manage it. <laughs> Ferrari and the team with you after seven o'clock this morning, as it's revealed that police are reviewing Nigella's admission she took Class A drugs. They could be asking, are the police bowing to media pressure? Plus, the latest on the gale force winds, I'm afraid, expected to cause disruption for the great Christmas getaway tomorrow. And is Joe Swinson right? Should we ban the word fat? Looking at the papers today, Louisa Peacock, Daily Telegraph's deputy. Women's editor will be live in the studio going through the, uh, the papers. And it's Rolf Harris and it's Susanna Reid, who didn't win. Oh, dear. And as Peter McKay says, uh, she failed to mask her disappointment at not winning. According to one report, the BBC Breakfast presenter didn't raise a smile as she is her partner and her partner... Charity worker, Dominic Cotton, with whom she has three children. They're not married, incidentally, they've just got three children. Uh, Pictured making their way to their waiting car after the final. The newspapers and bookies had decided in advance she was the winner. There was talk of a glittering new broadcasting career and now it's all collapsed like a pack of cards. Uh, The truth of the matter is, nobody likes her. She came over as smug. She came over... She didn't come over with any sort of humility, she didn't come over with anything, we had these stupid stories about, oh I don't see myself as attractive, the next minute posing in all these erotic kind of poses, and I thought, you need to grow up dear, you're only sitting there, you're just reading an auto cue on television, just impart the news, okay, you know, if you'd wanted another career in show business kicking your your heels off, well then go and do something else. But, uh, you know, very ungracious you were at the end, although you did get the interview on the BBC as opposed to the actual winner of the competition who kind of got pushed to one side. BBC must be smarting like everybody else who works with her, I should imagine. Stephen Chang-Mai says this m m thing's a bit daft. Personally, I find the practice of halal meat barbaric. Does that mean non-Muslims can refuse to serve meat processed in this way? Well, I don't know. It just opens up all sorts of... like this sort of silly little can of worms, isn't it? Personally, and if, if I'm at the, t- the only thing that worries me is if I go to a till and there's somebody on there who's who's claiming to be Muslim and and they go halfway through my shopping and then they go, I can't serve you with the bacon and you go, I'm not asking you to eat it or cook it. It's in a sealed packet. Okay, I can't I, I can't touch wine. Well, don't touch it. I don't want you to touch my wine either. Just put it through the till like everybody else does, like a normal person does. But uh, there's only been two people up to now. But it's amazing. You don't um, you don't kind of. Sort of want that kind of thing, do? You? Especially not at Christmas time. I'm afraid. Eight four eight five zero. Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Another one here says, "Do I need to write on the milk bottles? Caution: content is wet." Says Kevin the Milkman. <laughs> well, I don't. Probably, actually, you probably need need to write that sort of thing down, don't you? Eight four eight five zero. Stephen dot uk. And uh, we read everything out on the programme real, real, real thing. We don't write, you know, we don't... Anybody who's a bit stupid and a bit silly and a bit, you know, not all there in the upstairs department, uh, then we just uh, just get them uh, put in the very sin bin, I'm afraid, which means that uh, nothing ever appears ever again on this programme, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm Jewish Steve. I don't eat pork, but I don't care. Why should I worry about what other people think? Well, you shouldn't, actually. You shouldn't. I don't really see it. So, you know, somebody says here, I love a nice bit of roast pork and I like a drink too. If a Muslim refused to serve me a joint of pork or a bottle of ale, I'd get the right raving ump about it. It's England and us English eat pork. Not everybody does. Not everybody doesn't eat pork. I don't eat pork. Not for any religious reasons. I just don't like the taste of pork. Uh, 83850, Um I disagree with you about Susan Boyle. I thought everybody that sang it were very good. She was. She was rubbish. She was absolute rubbish, I'm afraid. She was a very, very weak singer. Very weak singer, Sheila. Sorry to disagree with you, but I am the expert on this one. Uh, Steve, Greek Christians are meant to go vegan before Christmas and Easter. Will they refuse to touch eggs? Will Catholics only touch fish on Fridays? Oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> Isn't M&S a Jewish company? I've got no idea. Is it still a Jewish company? Either way. Oh, mince pies apparently contain brandy. <laughs> Not all of them, they don't. Not all of them. If those MS Muslims own grocery shops, they very quickly sell pork and booze, says Teresa. I don't know, would they? I don't know. I mean I'm assuming they would, yes. Because it's it's part of the business. Part of the business, I suppose. Uh, when my husband worked in Saudi Arabia, we had to cut out the labels on our MS underwear as it was on a list of companies, blacklisted as it was a Jewish company. Why would a Muslim want to work for them in the first place? have never even heard of that one before. We have a Muslim manager in Marks and Spencer's chain, says Anne, and they sell pork sausages, ham, bacon, spare ribs and other pork products. Surely M&S would ask Muslims before they employ them, or are they they token employees? I don't know. I I mean, if if I was a manager in M&S, I'd be saying to somebody, listen, you know, we're, we're asking you to work on the tills. Is that a problem? And if they said, well, I couldn't serve bacon and I couldn't serve pork products and I couldn't serve booze, well, then I'd say, well, we can't offer you a job on the till. It's as simple as that. You know, you can, you can only have somebody on there. It's like say, somebody working in a in a dress shop, and they go, "Well, actually, I'm allergic to to fabric." You go, "Well, you're working in a dress shop." You know, that's that's how it works. We have we, we've had all sorts of cases, and I, I do see. I'm afraid most of the time I just see people going for compensation, going, "Oh, you've offended me," and this. Well, don't go for it in the first place, then. Makes makes far more sense, doesn't it? Really, not not to upset yourself as well as everybody else. Unless, of course, I'm wrong. I doubt it, though. 84850, Uh, stevedlbc.co.uk. Peter says, the Daily Mail website has pictures of Gemma Collins and Gemma Myrna in their swimsuits. First one is pretty awful. The second, absolutely pretty. Yes, the uh, the pretty awful one is that foul-mouthed Gemma Collins, I'm afraid, from The Only Wears Essex. A woman who is so rude the other week. I've never heard language like it emanating from a so-called woman, but as I say, that's probably in dispute at the moment as well. Whether I can't offer you any crumb of comfort at all. I wish I could say to you that today was going to be lovely, but I'm afraid it's going to be very wet with widespread gales. The advice is, unless you have to go out, don't go out, but I suspect a lot of you, will, pardon me, will be going out to pick up the turkeys or the chickens or the ducks or whatever it is you're actually having. Uh, what's this one here? Oh, this is uh, a story that appeared in the In the Sunday papers, and this is Michael Gove uh, calling, I think, Simon Cowell stupid for suggesting pupils needn't bother at school. Now, Simon Cowell has thrown the same insult back at the education secretary, claiming he failed to see he was making a positive statement about giving people without qualifications a chance. It's very interesting that Michael Gove, quite clearly, doesn't know enough about this. I have no qualifications. Not one qualification. I don't need any qualifications. You don't need qualifications to work in radio. You don't need qualifications to appear on television. You don't need qualifications to read the news. You don't need any of these things. You only need the ability to be able to do the job. The qualification might get you into certain places, but I don't ever remember I Don't ever remember applying for a job anyway, and they go, um, and your, your qualifications are what? I don't ever remember anybody ever asking. People ask to see your CV, but I don't even remember when I came to LBC... People asking to see my CV. Nobody, nobody asked about that. The all I had to have was the ability to do the job. So I didn't, I didn't. You know, they didn't go. How many A levels have you got? What difference would that have made? Would have made any difference at all? I'm afraid. Eight four eight five O Steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here it says: If pork was the last food on earth to eat, I bet you all these devout religious people eat it without hesitation. Uh, probably not. Probably not, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, we shall. Sure, oh, this one is really mentally ill, isn't it? This is. I don't know who that is actually. Don in Bromley. You're not. You're not well, are you, Love? Never mind. Never mind. Poor soul. Honestly, still listening though, which is quite nice. I love it when you keep listening because uh, more people listen and write in, the bigger the audience figures. The bigger the audience figures, better chance for us of another contract. Oh just had another contract, which is lovely. Coming up to the news at uh, 5.30, what's weird about this Christmas lunch? They've got a picture in the paper today of a Christmas lunch, and the answer is it's all made from cake. All made from cake, all of it. It's a, it's a bit... It's a Heston Blumenthal kind of thing. But it's really, really interesting. They've actually sort of made the turkey... Although when you look at it, actually, it doesn't look like turkey. It does actually look like like sponge. But everything here is is made from, from something it's not. Even the the sprouts... A dark chocolate sponge with Belgian chocolate ganache dipped in a layer of white chocolate. Pale green petal paste veined by hand, dusted and steamed to give it the realistic sprout look. And, you know, it works. It's LBC 97.3. Time now is 5.30. Here we go, Brie. Sue in Stockwell says to all your fans, with three days off. Yes, I mean, now is the time that people... I mean, the trains are beautifully empty in the morning. It's fantastic. Got rid of all the kids. It's not only the tills. What about the shelf stacking? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, assuming if you touch the product, that's where it comes down to. People tell me it doesn't seem to matter. You can actually touch things. Ham and mushroom pizza, Steve. Scotch eggs, sausage rolls, uh, bacon, lettuce and tomato sandwiches. It's a bit of a grey area, isn't it? What about smoky bacon crisps? In other words, if they're sort of faffing around because they had to touch a bit of pork sealed in a thing and a bit of wine, they're quite clearly fraudulent because there's all these other things which you... In fact, you could actually fill up a whole basket just with all these, these products. Steve, I wonder what the other Muslims working in the same store think of their colleagues. They probably think they're probably a bit stupid, I should imagine, because everybody else can manage to do it. I think they're just... I mean, you see, people like this, I'd like to see. I'd like to follow them around. You know where they sort of follow people around? You say, I definitely want to follow them to see what they, what they do. You know, wine... What about wine gums? There's loads of things that you couldn't touch. Steve says, I believe that a woman who truly follows the Islamic faith is not allowed to speak to a man. So do we have supermarket tills that only serve women who are not buying alcohol or pork now? I don't know. I don't wish I knew the answer. I wish I knew the answer, I'm afraid. And then somebody says, Steve, I had my text ready to complain about the fact that on the BBC's Breakfast, they interviewed Susanna Reid and not the winner. Or Natalie, the other runner-up. Blatant bias. Oh, it was, it was the worst piece of of cozying up to the loser I've ever seen. Obviously, to appease the dreary Susanna Reid. I'm afraid the loser in the competition. And so they they say, oh, it was won by Abby Clancy. And I thought, oh, good. We can have an interview with Abby Clancy. That would be news, wouldn't it? No, the dumb BBC who we own. And frankly, I'd be closing down half of it if it, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that they they take my license fee for the drivel that they're pouring out at the moment, and uh, and they and they interview Susanna Reid, the loser. Why would you interview the loser? Couldn't quite understand that one. So uh, I I complained about it. I sent in a complaint saying, what, what a bit of biased television reporting was that? Was it difficult to get hold of her? Was she in so big demand by everybody else? No, just that they obviously decided before Susanna Reid burst into tears and realised that the public don't like her. So we had to sort something else out, didn't we? Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, Natalie was the best dancer on Strictly Come Dancing. No, she wasn't. She was the worst dancer. Okay, let's not mess around. The public voted, and uh, and they wanted Abby Clancy because she was the best dancer. I did say the other day, best dancer from the very beginning. Uh, eight for eight five oh. <laughs> I'm an underwear model and often seen in the high street. My case comes up next week. The Old Bailey. Do you think either Joe Pike or Tom Swarbrick could be reporting my case live on LBC? Oh, you wouldn't get them. Oh no, they have to do with high high profile cases. High-profile case. It is amazing, isn't it? The cases that appear in the in the uh, in the courts at the moment. Um, there's a, a woman here in the paper today. It's it's a very strange case. A woman with learning disabilities forced to have a man's baby so he could stay in the UK. Very odd. And then one vet says put pony meat on the menu. I don't really want to eat pony meat. I'm sure it's it's all perfectly fine and we've eaten it before, but I just don't want to to eat it. I'm afraid. Put pony meat on the menu. And the reason he says this, he said it's to save Exmoor's pony. So, could we put horse on the menu? And I don't know, we're a bit funny about things like that in this country. Well, I am. I should imagine, given the choice, I mean, if there was a restaurant that served horse, would you want to, uh. Would you want to eat it? The answer is probably not. Apparently, claiming the abandoned ponies were endangering, endangering the purebred wild ponies by crossbreeding with the natives, he says the answer is to shoot them and sell them as horse meat. Oh, dear. That's a vet. That's a vet. Eight four eight five zero. steve LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, loving the show. Loving the shows. Farouk in Balam, faithful listener and podcaster for years. So that's good. That's what we like to we like to hear. More people podcast this show than anything else. It is the biggest download on LBC. Thank you very much indeed. I bow to your better judgment. Uh, loving the show as always, Steve. And says, I will never set foot in Marks and Spencers ever again. I reckon most people I know will do the same. They've uh, lost lots of customers, I reckon, because of this silly pork and booze thing. I think it's only two people. I don't, think, I don't think it's generally across the whole company, is it? I don't think... I mean, it can't be, because they really would be very silly if they're going to say there's going to be separate tills, you know, and we're going to have a till for women only. Perhaps it'll be a gay till as well. Perhaps Don and his team could go to that one. That'd be the gay till. And um, and then perhaps you can have sort of a black till and a white till. And then you can have a tall till and a little till. And then a child's till. People who are buying meat, people who are not buying meat, vegetarian till, a vegan till. People with sticky out ears till. People with spots till. Or maybe not people with spots. You know, it's, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Somebody says maybe they wanted Susanna Reed to be another Chris Hollins. Oh, dear God. I do hope not. <laughs> As a Mormon, I don't drink alcohol. Yesterday I bottled the cherry brandy, damson gym and plum vodka we made to give to friends this Christmas. <laughs> How lovely. Uh, <laughs> toothpaste has got pig's fat in it. What about products that contain gelatin? says Amanda? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think the whole thing's getting totally out of hand. It's, but I, I agree with everybody who says that if you're Marks and Spencers and you, and you offer somebody a job on the till and then they say for religious reasons they can't serve various products, you've got to get rid of them. There's no two ways about it. It's, there's no, let's pander to these people. No, I'm sorry. You're, you're on the till to serve people going through. Well, you know, you're sort of anti-plants or something. I can't touch plants. Well, there's plants coming. Oh, no, plants. No, I'm terribly sorry. You, you, you've, got to, you've got to serve all these things. That's why you're on the till you imagine if, it, if this operated in all other ships? It be so, so ridiculous. It would be absolutely barking mad, I'm afraid. Uh, Nigella Lawson, star says she's toughened up after a year of hell. I bet she has. I bet she has. I mean, t- some of the headlines that I've read about Nigella Lawson, I'm surprised she's, you know, she's held it together. Absolutely held it together. It's it's just terrible, really. Here's uh, Darcy Bussell. Actually, it's very interesting. I'm going to save that bit for the free podcast for later. We do have a free podcast, don't we, later on today? So I shall, I shall bring that one. It's, it's what Len Goodman was saying about Susanna Reid. She's not going to be a big star. Stop, stop believing the publicity. Uh, Nigella says, I will survive. The yard of rethinking on the drug confession. Do you think they just want to sort of, you know, make an issue about it. She's admitted it happened years and years ago. I've always said, if somebody wants to take drugs, I couldn't care less whether people take drugs or don't take drugs, long as it doesn't affect me, I'd be more interested, not the fact they're taking the drugs, where they got them from. That's what I, That's the only thing I would ever be interested in. Where did you get the drugs from? Name your, your dealer, and because that's where you have to stop it, isn't it? That's where you have to, to watch and have to close down. Because it can't be that difficult to find them. see them in London most nights, I'm afraid. So I really think that, you know, people need to, to start saying, well, if that's what Nigella chose to admit, it did appear to overshadow everything, didn't it, uh, then, then that's fine. But to be honest with you, I'd be more interested in who her dealer was, how much she was spending, what's the real truth? On the other hand, there's another bit of me saying, I don't really care, I really don't, I just don't care, I'm afraid. I really don't care. I'm not not interested in, in people's lives. But if they choose to parade them, then I, like everybody else, has a comment to make. It's as simple as that. Uh, the Queen looking amazing, arriving at church. They're at Sandringham. 20,000 acres they've got up there. It's not bad, is it? Uh, more, more talk on Alzheimer's. Oh, I was having breakfast in Maribone High Street yesterday morning. And uh, who walked in? Michael Palin. Michael Palin walked in and uh, he had a, bought a little cup of coffee, a little croissant-type thing, and I had scrambled eggs. It. It's obviously very sort of posh, Marylebone High Street. There's lots of sort of yummy mummies around there because lots of the kids have got these little scooters that they park in the places. And so we had scrambled eggs with mushrooms. Well, frankly, I mean, it, it didn't fill the plate, but they filled it up with salad and everything else, which was OK. I mean, it was OK. £22 for, for breakfast. I didn't pay. I didn't pay. Uh, 84850, uk. strict Muslims aren't allowed to mix with gay people. Well, how do they know? Do they wear a badge now? Do people wear a badge on this? Does it mean they'll refuse to serve gays? I've got no idea, Ellie. No idea. I mean, you know, are you telling me that there aren't gay Muslims? There must be gay Muslims, by the very law of it, you know. And let's face it, if there are, they were created by God. It's as simple as that. He, he sort of made gay people. He didn't sort of kind of you know. You don't kind of I think if you're gay, you go with three life again. You know, I think we'll have a bit of a change this week, shall we? Don't think it works like that. Uh, somebody's living in Texas. Oh right, talking of losers, isn't Sam Bailey awful? Um, no, it's okay. Song's okay, but but you won't uh, you won't hear of her after this this year. By this time next year, we'll be talking about other people, because we'll have had another series of X Factor, another series of Britain's Got Talent, so we won't be talking about Sam Bailey. We really won't. Uh, what have we got here? Apprentice star Karen Brady has turned down pleas from the Tories to stand as an MP at the next election. That's interesting. I like Karen Brady, actually. I always like Karen Brady. Mainly because she used to work at LBC. So... That'd be good. (laughs) She used to work in our sales department and she went out to pitch to David Sullivan one day. So the story goes, from her and from David. And he liked her so much, he offered her a job within his company and she took it. And as I say, the rest is history. Most uh, Hindus, Steve, are vegetarian. So what about a druid till? A druid? You imagine all these different till. It sounds like one of those national lampoon kind of situations, doesn't it? Different tills for different people. People under three foot six through this till vegetarian, vegan and gay through this till. You could have all sorts of different people serving, couldn't you? Or not serving, as the case may be. I'm terribly sorry, I've already told them, I don't serve vegans. Oh, go on, just make it, I can't. I've noticed in Waitrose, they have a a sign up which says that uh, they only take six items or less through the express till. I say express because you can practically grow a beard waiting. They're so slow in waitros; They're unbelievably slow. So when it's busy, it's even more tedious. And you can go in there in the morning and the staff are practically asleep, poor souls. There's no, there's no sort of rush to do anything. Unlike some place. you go in there, they can't wait, you know, to get the stuff. But There's a little Irish lady, Deirdre, who works in... Uh, in Marks and Spencers, she can pack a bag really fast. Whereas I got a thing the other day, and the girl packed it all wrong. She put my soft items on the bottom and heavy items on the top. I mean, surely, an int- you know, a five-year-old with an intellect can pack a bag better. But that's what it is. It is the experience. But they've said that we will say to somebody, no, go, go to another till. If you've got more than six items, go to another till. This is the six-item express thing. And they're going to start enforcing it. Wee! I'm very happy. Uh, Lorraine Kelly... Apparently, she doesn't worry about aging because she has a rare skincare secret. Her mother tells night and day that she's inherited fresh-faced looks. Yes, she doesn't look as though she needs to wear a lot of makeup, does she? Some people trowel it on. You've only got to look at the only way is Essex, and you see how bad they look when they've troweled on their makeup. Lucy Mecklenburg, classic example. And and you look at Lorraine Kelly. Hi, you, you're gorgeous, you're wonderful. I love you. Oh goodness me, I'm going to sleep. And she doesn't need much makeup. Following in the X Factor tradition, the winner this year, Sam Bailey, has stormed to the top of the charts. And she sold twice as many copies as Farrell Williams' Happy, which charted second. Farrell, is it? Farrell. How am I supposed to know these things? How old is Farrell? In his 40s. Oh, it's a man, is it? Oh, I thought it was a woman. It's a man. Oh, right. (laughs) Little, Little do I know. And, um... Apparently, one celebrity who is likely to have bought the Leicestershire Star single is Sir Cliff Richard, who this weekend spoke out in support of the X Factor. The veteran musician, hate that word, veteran and musician, uh, believes that the reality show's contestants are among the biggest stars in the world. He says, when you think about it, even the losers on the X Factor are good. He says, I mean, they're really good singers these days. Has he lost his hearing or something? He's obviously not listening to, the, to what the rest of us have to suffer with. Sam Callahan couldn't sing for Toffee. Absolutely dreadful. He says, when you think of One Direction, five of them, they all lost. None of them won the X Factor, and they're the biggest boy band in the world. Well, that is true. But there again, have you heard them singing live? Don't uh, 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. Another one here who, uh, who also enjoys uh, podcasting and says, I'm newly podcasting from this morning. I've just been lazy. I can't bear missing the first half of the show. No, you have to. You have to podcast the program. It's the only way to do it. I thought to miss the beginning of the program. Some of the, that's some of the best bits. Four o'clock in the blooming morning. Oh dear, I tell you, that's when we're when we're absolutely up with it. Especially this morning, cooking with gas. We were today. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Uh, Beggar not there anymore at HSBC in Surbiton. This was the bloke who. Um, we told you, he sits outside the HSB in Surbiton, uh, ho- homeless, homeless, you know, this plaintive, pathetic wailing of a of a voice from this man who's who's a crook. He's not homeless at all. He's got a very nice £1,000 a month flat paid for by you. I would frankly take his benefits away and really make him go away. He's got a girlfriend and he drinks, he goes and spends his money on booze and you pay for it. Fools, fools. So don't do it anymore. But apparently not there outside the HSBC In Surbiton, So we've we've achieved something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. The weather we'll deal with in a moment. Quarter to six. Morning, everybody. Ten to six. Ten to six. The many faces of Christmas. Yes, in the paper today, as the nation prepares for a traditional British Yuletide, they look at how people celebrate in other countries. In China, for example, they do have trees of light, but they do have Christmas trees uh, decorated with apples and things like that. It's quite simple, I think. I like that a lot. And that's... Uh, Christmas Eve is called Ping An Yi. Doesn't quite sound as exciting, does it? What are you doing tonight for Ping An Yi? thought we'd have an apple. You know, and that's, that's it, I'm afraid. And apparently uh, the word for apple is Ping As in Pingo, I suppose. Uh, over in India, 25 million Christians over there decorate banana or mango trees and use them to adorn their houses. Oh, that's nice. I like that idea. I like that idea. Giant paper lanterns are held up. Uh, apparently Father Christmas works on a horse and cart rather than with the help of a sleigh and a reindeer and he's known as Christmas Baba in Hindi and Baba Christmas in Urdu. They've just kind of turned it round, you know, Christmas Baba, Baba Christmas and uh, that's quite good, isn't it? I like that idea. Over in Zimbabwe, Santa Claus has brought the presents uh, for the children early in the morning, sometimes Santa will arrive in town on a big red fire engine woo be Lucky old Santa in Zimbabwe there, which is lovely. They do have the latest pop tunes and African classics. Zimbabwean Christmas cards feature either snow scenes or wild animals. It's not very festive, is it? I've got some nice Christmas cards this year. There's sort of a little bit of glitter on. I mean, I didn't intentionally buy glitter on there, as you know. I'm not... Uh, I, do, I do like glitter on cards, but ever since James one of my uh, pro- in fact the, t- tomorrow's producer on the show i got glitter everywhere absolutely everywhere it drove me mad over in finland of course people go for a sauna whole families go for saunas it's considered quite not i know we think it's slightly odd and then they beat themselves with 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 birch twigs i don't mind that bit I'm quite into that little bit of beating each other with birch twigs and they go and jump in ice cold rivers and stuff like that. that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me either but they do generally have a traditional smoke sauna in the middle of the forest it was lovely innit I like that idea I was looking back to when we went to Luosto it, it happened to come up on my computer yesterday you know we're offering good deals for Luosto and there is a Santa Claus village over in Finland uh for La- it's lovely you should really if you've never been to Finland you should go I should imagine, but it's fairly expensive. It seems fairly expensive for us. Over in the Netherlands, children were told that children would be put in a sack and taken to Spain for a year to teach them how to behave. Because Dutch tradition says St Nicholas lives in Madrid. In Egypt, Father Christmas will have climbed through a window. I think we're the only ones who have them coming down a chimney. And gifts of uh, kak. special sweet biscuits are often exchanged. And children hope... That uh, Baba Noel, Father Christmas, will have climbed through the window and then left them a present. Obviously, Baba, very popular name, isn't it, Baba? In Ethiopia, Ethiopian Christmas foods include wat, which is a thick and spicy stew that contains meat, vegetables and eggs. It's eaten on a plate of injera, which is a flat bread. Also used as a spoon. How practical. How very practical. Uh, no sort of present giving, although children may get a small gift of gift of clothing or something like that. Again, practical presents. Over in Guatemala, family prayers around the tree before the traditional opening of the presents. Isn't that lovely? tradition? I love opening presents. I'm very good at it. On Christmas Eve, families eat the main Christmas meal. That always includes a hot tortilla, tamales, made with cornflour and stuffed with ingredients such as olives, prunes, peppers, chicken or pork. Dear... I'm sure about prunes. I quite like prunes, but I'm not that big into them. I'm afraid. eight four eight five zero stevenlbc dot co Kevin says you've not mentioned my glass glasses wearers till yet. We deserve our own till at the supermarket. I know my rights. And will there be glasses wearers only bar at the Magic Circle on Friday? I don't know if we're allowed to mix with two eyed people, even though my fairy godmother wears glasses on occasion, so she can mix with us four eyesers. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Somebody says, maybe the masterminds made this story public to hear what the customer's reaction would be. Well, they've they've achieved the objective, then. They've achieved the objective. Chris says, best of the season. Susanna Reid was only a small-time Saturday M newsreader. When the main newsreader during weekdays didn't want to make the move to their new offices up north, Uh, that's what catapulted her. Well, it's it's great, isn't it? But, you know, she didn't win. And so, you know, whatever. Uh, Christmas Jackie says, uh, today... Big shop, so already done it, Saturday, the Tesco Hoover building. The cashier had a roll of kitchen paper at the till, tore off a sheet to put my turkey crown through the till and more or less tried to throw it down the packaging slope. <laughs> I have a race. Every time I go to the supermarket, I have a race, ladies and gentlemen. I'm always racing with the, with the person on the till. I try and get my, my stuff through as fast as, as fast as possible. And some of the time I win and some of the time I don't win. And some of the time I'd pay. I always pay cash, though, in supermarkets. I'd rather go to the bank and take, take the money out. I think that's quite nice. Uh, somebody says, if Su- Susan Boyle was as rubbish as Steve says, she wouldn't be the huge star she is in America. She was terrible. She was terrible at this thing. She really wasn't very good. She couldn't sustain any notes. The voice was not strong. It shows what, uh, what, you, what you can do in a studio, ladies and gentlemen. You know, so uh, people go, "Oh, does she sound fantastic?" Well, she didn't the other night. I'm afraid she absolutely didn't. Uh, Neil says, "Great program on the telly last night about the history of the Ladybird books." I don't know about you, but my brother and I used to have some, and we loved them. Fantastic illustrations that were always colourful and eye-catching, but at the same time very educational. Certainly helped me with my reading. Mind you, I was in my 30s then. (laughs) This is only joking. Uh, The titles, I remember the Police, Army, Air Force and the Sailor Editions. I'm sure we had more. Do you remember them? I suppose you're too young. Yes, I'm a little bit too young. I do remember books, Ladybird books, but I couldn't tell you the the titles at all, I'm afraid. (laughs) Last day at work for us today, so a big hi to all at Shogun Print. And Blue Star Print finishes in Sunny Haynort. Sunny Haynort. Not today, it won't be. And a very happy birthday to our lovely Joe today. Hope she has a great day. Many happy returns, and we'll see you on Friday. She's promising to look uh, very exciting. Been whizzing around this morning, says Barbara. Did I hear your can- contract has been renewed? Yes, yes, foregone conclusion. I think I think they actually looked at the audience figures and went, "Oh, poor soul, give him another contract." Uh, because they, they, they actually couldn't be any better. I talk about them constantly, actually, because I'm so grateful that people listen. But there again, I've heard what else is out there. And to be honest with you, there's not a lot. Uh, from memory, Mark, uh, Thomas Marks, one of the half of M&S, was Jewish and shouldn't have worked late Friday evening or Saturdays, but they always did because they were businessmen and ran a business to make money, not to accommodate the staff. I think the Muslims not putting alcohol or pork products through the till is madness. And Marks and Spencer have made a big mistake and will alienate non-Muslim customers. Customers, well, I think so too. I think they're going to have to issue a statement at some point. They've already apologised to customers, but if they're going to start being silly about it and taking on people who have deep religious beliefs who can't touch this stuff, although, as we've already pointed out, the religion doesn't say you can't handle it in packaging. It just says you can't eat it or drink it. Love to Noreen and John. I love the idea that you're going to be uh, uh, <laughs> raising a gin for me later. Always hope, I suppose. Always hope. Uh, 84850 stevenlbc.co.uk. Weave everything in for you. Uh, One here from uh, Lily. Uh, Lily Austin is 19. We're the Austin family on a Christmas beach holiday in Mauritius. Oh dear. As Mauritian time is four hours ahead, Uh, you have now been introduced to the whole family rather than just my dad, who enjoys his early daily stevie-dose back in the UK. Enjoy your Christmas, the gales, the rain, the snow. And that's from Lawrence, Sarah, Lily and Dylan, who are now a teenage hero. Uh, crystal waters, 90 degrees, heat, the sound of breaking waves and, of course, Steve Allen. Yes, I think Steve Allen and the sound of breaking waves goes down quite well, actually. I think that's very, that sounds very romantic. I wouldn't want to be there, though. I'd rather be here, where it's all miserable Miserable and cold and everything else. Uh, we'll come back to some more of your text and emails, including one from uh, Bryn and Annie. His hip is causing him pain at the moment. So uh, we'll let you just rest, just briefly, just while we take a short break for the news on LBC 97.3. If you have joined us, I'm Steve Allen. This is Early Breakfast. It's LBC <coughs> Excuse me, 97.3. We'll be back with two uh, other services to and from uh, Chiang Cross. Keep another moving. Next travel update is in 15 minutes. Grateful. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London. Get it done today because you do not really take my... I know it's going to be horrible weather, but you really don't tomorrow want different things to do. Three different thoughts. It makes it sound like a lifetime, doesn't it? But uh, luckily I could start early this morning. I'm going to have to get round there and try and get as many things done as possible. Nip out, get a few little bits and pieces. The produced flying off to... Dub- Were you flying to Dublin? Flying into Dublin this in the papers today. I'll just give you a quick rundown. Nigella Lawson says she's toughened up after a year of hell. To be honest with you, she's had the worst headlines she could ever, ever have, poor soul. I do feel a bit sorry for her. The coalition at war over migrants. Vince Cable savaging David Cameron. The Daily Mirror tell you that now Rolf Harris is charged with sex attack on a girl as young as seven. Uh, and how Cowell crushed her dreams. This is Sam from The X Factor. 17 years ago... She apparently tried the same thing. Dipsy old Helen Flanagan, not the brightest penny in the box. I want to strip off for Playboy. It's great to have ambitions, isn't it? And that's about as far as it goes with her poor soul. And Nigella Lawson was left devastated after Charles Saatchi won custody of a £10,000 stuffed dog. You can read more on that in the papers today. Uh, The other story is that uh, Marks and Spencers have had to apologise to customers. They had two Muslim workers on the till, obviously extremely devout, And they refuse to serve pork products and booze. Now, fair enough. If that's somebody's belief, then that's great. Don't have any problem with that whatsoever. But a bit silly of Marks and Spencers not to check on somebody's religious beliefs. You know, and you would have thought they would have said something before they appeared on the till. So Marks and Spencers have now said, I believe, that uh, Muslims uh, can actually refuse to serve pork products. But as we found out, it must cover everything. You know, there's there's dripping in all sorts of things. There's gelatin. There's wine gums. There's smoky bacon-flavoured crisps. All sorts of problems. Apart from pork sausages at Christmas with bacon wrapped around them, and I suggested to Marks and Spencers that they start checking with people. I'm sorry. Are you any particular religion that forbids you serving certain items to a customer? Uh, yes. Vegan don't want to serve any uh, any meat. ...products whatsoever. Right, well, you're not getting a job as a till operator. Otherwise, it just becomes ludicrous. It becomes absolutely ludicrous, as somebody's pointed out. Lots of Muslim corner shops, they serve... They serve booze. They don't have any problem. You don't have to handle this stuff. You don't have to drink it. lot of nonsense, says Bryn, about Muslims refusing to serve pork and booze. Quite balmy. As a member of the butcher's company, liverymen sell all kinds of meat, irrespective of their religion. One of my oldest friends was Jewish. I did his wedding, his son's... Bar- because he's a toastmaster... Uh, just in case you weren't sure, his son's bar mitzvah and also his sister's family celebrations, one of whom is now a rabbi. Their huge fortune was made as their father owned the largest pork wholesaler in Smithfield Market. Anyway, another subject says, My lousy hip is now causing me excruciating pain, to the extent I'm having to go back to the doctor to have it reviewed. They don't celebrate Christmas in France, so I'm spending all day on Christmas Eve... At the hospital having x-rays, scans and all kinds of investigative treatment. And then at nine o'clock, Boxing Day, I get to meet the doctor so he can look at the results. The only day they have off is Christmas Day itself. All the others are full working days for everyone and that's it. Yes, it's, uh, for some of us it's the same over here. And he says, French logic. I have a heap of stories of French logic in big stores but won't list them all here. Very quickly, a friend of mine discovered that one of the larger stores, Intermarché, was selling lovely English-type sausages. He bought a large supply every month for many years. One day went to the store to buy some and was told by the manager, in French, of course, oh, sorry, monsieur, we're not selling them any more. He says, uh, well, why not, said my friend. Well, monsieur, they were so popular and successful we decided to stop selling them as it took time to put them on the shelves. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He says, I'm going to write another book called French Logic. It will comprise exactly one empty page. <laughs> and my kids were running some gites, the bed and breakfast years ago, I decided to buy them beautiful metal swing hammock. I was offered red-white, blue-white and green-white striped hammocks on the spot. Chose one and thought a bit more about it. and said, OK, I'll have two. The reply was, sorry, sir, you cannot have two. I said, why not? And he said, well, sir, somebody else may come along and want to buy one. And if you have two, we can't sell one to them. True, he said, and I've got more like that. He said, Annie has set up to record The Bishop's Wife. I hope it's good. It's on at nine 9.20 on BBC Two. It's a super film. It's a super, super Christmas film. I'm surprised you two have not seen it. I thought that you'll like, you love it, actually. Richard says, many people don't have chimneys today, so Santa must be breaking and entering. Well, that doesn't surprise us at the slightest. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, David in Streatham. he says, so you're the expert on Brussels. When do I start cooking them? Oh, well, I'm, I'm eating them every day like of the other day. I nearly had some for breakfast one morning. Off to the dentist today, two crowns to be fitted. I should be glad to have the temporary ones taken off as they feel very strange. I did think that the Gamedi's show dance was spectacular, very Busby Barkley. He says, I have seen the commercial Rajar figures and your spike at 4am. You leave the other stations lagging so far behind, it's almost unreal, I'm afraid. It's quite nice, though, isn't it? Uh, Art fair on Eelpie Island, French Market and lunch at the White Swan, says Douglas and Tom. Beautiful to play at the Greengrocer. You feature on your film Yuletide Felicitations to you. Thank you, Douglas. Yes, he was up early this morning. Stuart's very, very early at uh, Sandy. I imagine some people will be collecting turkeys today, I think. Uh, Somebody says, uh, what do you uh, enjoy most at Christmas? All of it. Absolutely all of it. Payday's quite nice. Try shopping at Aldi or Lidl. They scan the items so fast it's impossible to keep up. There's no place for them to go except thrown into the bag. Any which way? <laughs> there you go. Uh, 84850, oh, Steve at LBC. Dick, uh, How the hell is Peter Andre selling out the O2? And why is he still making music? I don't think he does make music, does he? I don't think so. Has he sold out the O2? He's apparently playing the Royal Albert Hall, which I think is very uh, very funny. Eight four eight five O. StephenLBC dot co dot uk. We weave everything on the program. Valerie's a very depressive, manic depressive person, I'm afraid. And uh, I've just checked on some of your things. You're you're very uh, you're very depressed, aren't you? Can you get some help or something for that? I mean, if, if you're suffering from from depression, go to the doctor. Go and get some some sort of help. You must have a very lonely existence, I'm afraid. Very lonely existence. But there is help. There is help for you out there somewhere. Well, I hope so, anyway. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Steve, will there be a till for customers who have to search for their money? Uh, This is the amount of tills we think they're going to have to put in Marks and Spencers. In Palestine, lots of Santa Claus is going through the streets handing out presents. Oh, there you go. I'm Ethiopian. Maybe very proud to hear you talk about Ethiopian Christmas meals. Yeah. In Santa, in, in Australia... Santa is depicted surfing and wearing Hawaiian shorts. Sacrilegious as far as I'm concerned. There's no way that you can change uh, Santa Claus like that at all. I think that's absolutely outrageous. But a lot of uh, Australians, don't they have their uh, Christmas lunch on the beach? I think they they have it on the beach. And I think they have just like like a barbecue. Two more sleeps, says Diana. I cannot believe Christmas is almost upon us. I'm looking forward to all the gorgeous food. I've set my phone alarm to go off in time for the bishop's wife this morning. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. It's uh, it's absolutely it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Uh, quickly, some of the other stories in the in the papers. Kate Winslet has named her new baby boy Bear. Well, doesn't hasn't Jamie Oliver? Isn't his Buddy Bear? He's called him Buddy Bear. It's not quite normal, is it? Really? Uh, the Titanic stars said to adore the choice for their first child born two weeks ago. Uh, Beyonce Knowles and Jay-Z have named their child Blue Ivy Carter. Harper Beckham, the two-year-old daughter of David and Victoria. I mean, Harper. Perhaps perhaps it means something. I don't know. I never quite go over that one. Uh, The nine-year-old daughter of Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow is called Apple Martin. Apple Martin. (laughs) Blanket Jackson, of course, Michael Jackson's. Um, uh, Memphis Eve. That's Bono's daughter, I think, Memphis Eve, Fifi Trixabel Geldof, that's uh, the daughter of Bob Geldof. Moon Unit Zappa is the other one. My favourite, there was Heavenly Harani Tiger Lily. I mean, really, a misspent youth or what? Quarter past six lbc 97.3 vitabiotics helped pioneer the concept of different vitamins for men and women creating well man for me and well woman for me with iron for energy release and vitamin d for my immune system well man and well woman from vitabiotics the uk's number one vitamin company available from boots pharmacies and vitabiotics.com smart minicab drivers like marius work for greyhound cars london i've been working for greyhound cars for six years now Freedom of your choosing your own hours—that's what I like. I'm my own boss, and I'm enjoying it. Greyhound cars are recruiting. Sm- Morning, everybody. Oh, it's all changed, isn't it? Over the, over the Christmas period. No, I was just reminiscing about the party on Friday, and you weren't there. I was—I was particularly good, I thought, this year. <laughs> well, I thought I was. I, I, I left, and I managed to get back. To I have suddenly realised, and the one thing I said—I came into London on Friday for this party. And it started at six, but I, we sort of got there a little bit later. I like to sort of make a bit of an entrance. And I'd forgotten how awful London is on a Friday evening. It was heaving. The whole of Leicester Square, the whole... I mean, just walking. Where did I walk for through? Where did I, why did I walk through Leicester Square? I can't wait there. Oh, I've got a bus. Oh, excuse you, I got uh, I got the bus from Waterloo and I and, and it, we started going around that. I thought, oh, I'm going to lose myself here. So I got off at Piccadilly Circus and and walked through and it was rammed. It was so busy and I thought, oh dear. So when I went home on the train after the party, which I thought I was particularly good this year, uh, it was it was really busy. The train was absolutely chronically overcrowded, and so I was grateful to have got a seat. And I sort of sat there listening to all these people who you know they'd all had a few drinks and there's always the drunk bore on the train isn't there and he's always the one who sort of you know starts swearing and stuff like that and people think he's funny i just thought he was, tr- I was so glad he didn't get off at twickenham he got off at richmond actually which I thought was much much better uh eight for eight five oh steve at lbc.co.uk jerry says i'm i've decided i can i can tape your program of course you can. You can podcast. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can podcast this programme. We have a free podcast for you up every day. And then we have the other bit of the programme uh, up for you quite early, because he, he really wants to get off very quickly today. He's so excited about going home. So excited. Looking forward to lying on the beach in Tenerife. Although I've not, I don't think I've ever been to Tenerife. I can't remember whether or not I've ever been there. We need to be taking suntan oil and stuff like that or buying it there? Do you take with you or buy? 30 qu- Sorry? How much? 33 degrees, is it? Like we care. Here, we're going to have, you know, our very own tsunami, by the sound of it. It sounds quite ghastly. I feel sorry for people travelling today. And that's not just people travelling on the on the road, but people flying places. That includes him next door as well. So we're, we're, we're trying to make sure that the Lord Almighty is looking down on us and going, I won't make it happen until later on, because I have a feeling I'm going to walk out this door at 7 o'clock today. And the heavens are going to open. I hope not. I do hope not. Uh, 84850, Steve at uk. LBC 97.3's Help a London Child, as you know, is raising money for the charity Missing People to reunite families this Christmas. And we'd like you to help us fund their 24-hour helpline throughout the Christmas period to provide tailored counselling to families facing Christmas with a seat laying empty at the table and a confidential helpline for young runaways to send a message to loved ones that they're safe... Or better still, they want to come home. Can you help us? Can you text HELP to 70766 to donate £5 to help a London child and help us to make a difference? The text costs £5, plus standard network rate. For terms and conditions go to lbc.co.uk. So text HELP to 70766 to donate £5 to help a London child. Help a London child this Christmas is with LBC ninety seven point three. That'll be your good deed for the day. And I say I've said that a few times, but it's only a fiver. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, Paul says great show. You said some people are collecting turkeys today. Is that sort of like a new hobby, like stamps and uh, and coins? <laughs> and from Diana at Tadworth. Oh, we go back more years than I care to remember. More years than I care to remember and says, um, you are without... Well, oh, I can't read that bit out, it's far too flattery. But says, uh, Susan Boyle has, believe me, a dreadfully weak and irritating voice. She can't hold any of her top notes and has obviously never had a singing or possibly a music lesson in her life. There are many struggling and genuinely talented young artists at music college, but this useless and hard-to-look-at hard female has earned a fortune for absolutely nothing, a total travesty. I totally agree with you. She was very, 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 very weak. It's not a strong voice. She can't maintain any of the of the high notes for any length of time at all. It's, it's just not very good. Uh, Judy in Orpington celebrates a uh, a birthday. It's always nice to celebrate a birthday. Everybody's celebrating birthdays. Dawn, we think, has got hers uh, tomorrow. Paul says, when I was a teenager, I was madly in love with Lisa Aziz. I haven't seen her for years. Is she still as gorgeous? Well, I'm not allowed to comment on things like that, but the answer you're looking for is yes, of course. Of course she is. She'll be hearing about... Eight minutes time. I'm sort of held things up. I realise that the love of your life is about to enter the uh, the radio station. Who won the last gadget giveaway? Do you know? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I wish I could. Uh, wish I could find out immediately, but I can't. I'll try and find out in uh, in uh, in time for tomorrow morning. So bear with me. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh. If Muslims won't put your pork or booze items through the till, can't you take Marks and Spencers to court for discrimination? Isn't it your human right to buy pork or booze products if you wish? Well, I, do, I don't. I don't know where this one's going to go. No doubt you'll have conversation on LBC later on today about it. And I think. Um, you know, I, I I don't know where it's going to end, that one. I think it's very... I think they, they really need to check with people on the tills whether or not they've got any aversion for religious reasons or otherwise to actually serve the customer. Because it just seems ridiculous. They're not just... Ian says, they're not just Muslims. They're m and, <coughs> Sorry, M&S <and> Muslims. <laughs> they are very special people. Very special people. Susan Boyle was blackmailed by a suicide threat into giving her own brother £50,000... She was uh, put under pressure during a US visit by elder brother Jerry, who said he'd kill himself if he didn't get the cash. Subo refused to uh, to bow to his demands, but fearfully go through with it. She transferred him the cash. It was emotional blackmail. Jerry laughed as the son put the family's claims to him. He says, I've heard it all before. I've got nothing to say. I'm actually busy on the phone uh, right now. Obviously... An odd family. Isn't it? That's what money. Every time money comes into something, it's it's never never particularly good, is it? Never particularly good. The festive season makes us feel friskier. Oh Lord, should have been to the party on Friday. Ooh, lots of frisky people there, but it's only alcohol, isn't it? Alcohol makes you frisky. No, it doesn't. Alcohol makes you brave. Doesn't make you frisky. You say, you know, you, 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 you I, I know what you girls are like. You'll be standing there in a in a bar. Oh, I really like that person over there. So it's, go and say something. Go and say something. I can't. Four drinks later. Hello, my name's Cheryl. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, Mike, we've had the mini mandarins for ages and ages. It? I bought, actually, the other day. I was going to bring them in, but I couldn't. I didn't have the strength to lift them this morning. I bought a whole box of Satsumas. And I was going to give them to the staff here. I might have to go and buy another box today. they only a fiver for a whole big box. And I mean a big box, like a proper box. I have to have to go back to Paul Cooper's today. Katie Price is facing the prospect of spending Christmas in hospital, like we care. Apparently she was taken ill over the weekend. The ex-glamour model now, ex-television presenter, ex-talented anybody, I suppose, uh, was put on a drip. She married him, I thought, didn't she? Oh, sorry, actually put on a drip in the hospital. She was released, uh, she's going in for an MRI scan, and uh, she says, great in hospital on a drip, but it, you don't need to worry, actually, because uh, you don't have the children this year. So there's only you and the stripper husband, as far as I know. At one point, she su- uh, she suggested he didn't care about her eldest son, Harvey. But it, it's not his his son, as we've pointed out to her. Perhaps she doesn't understand that. It's uh, you know, he's he's busy. He's got his own things to worry about. He's got his girlfriend pregnant, so he's he's got to look forward to that. Bad news, I'm afraid. Apart from the weather, which is always bad news, and today is no different. They did say over. Over over the festive season, it's going to be wet and miserable and horrible and stuff like that. Uh, another one here. It says that uh, train fares are going up. Train fares are going up 5%. 5%, which is, which is quite a lot, actually. Somebody says, I was in love with Gabby Roslin. Oh, well, wow. it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> and Diana says, about 40-odd years ago, my friend wanted to call his firstborn son, an unusual name, Cardboard. Doesn't really sound as daft now, does it, compared to the names of the celeb uh, kids. In the end, they, they vetoed the idea. They vetoed the idea, and uh, they've called the baby Bruce. A little bit better than Cardboard, isn't it, really? <laughs> uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here. Uh, this is from actually it was it was so funny the other day the other day we we were talking about people being generous over Christmas and people you know helping out other people and a fiver is nothing nowadays absolutely nothing at all you know and you should. You should make an effort to help other people. You know, people go out there and they smoke cigarettes and, and they drink their booze and stuff like that. But you know, fibre is nothing, is it? Especially when everything's going up as well. We're very generous in this country. Very, very generous. 5% train fare hike. I mean, if you haven't had a pay increase from work and, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I've got to get the train... It becomes more and more expensive to get the trains. More and more expensive. I, d- I did point out the other day on the programme, I did see a woman at Twickenham Station. She'd been collared by some of the inspectors on the trains and the reason they're successful is because they look just like you. And so she got caught and she was wailing and moaning about the fact that she... I mean, what she'd done is she travelled fraudulently. She'd got on the train, she hadn't swiped her card in and she didn't swipe out the other end. A lot of the students do it at the college in, in Twickenham. They try and rush through the barriers as quick as they can, but the, sometimes the police are there and the police have a field day stopping them. It's amazing how many people try and do this for the sake of a little fair. But this woman was in tears and screaming the odds and it 's just made a just made a complete fool of herself i 'm afraid if you if you 're a fraud on the trains and you don 't buy your ticket, you deserve to be caught I love it i lo- I will sit there because i 'm really good. I always keep my oyster card topped up always always always. I keep it topped up because i th- and i don 't have it registered either. People say, ooh, what happens if you lose it i 'll just get another just get another card don 't worry about things like that at all. Listen just about it. For today, there's lots of things I'm sure you're going to be talking about. The Marks and Spencer story is going to run all day, I'm quite sure. It's going to be very interesting, that one. I can't wait to see where we are by by tomorrow morning. Anyway, don't forget, 9.20, it's the bishop's wife, which is uh, is going to be very good. And I'll try and find out who won the last gadget giveaway. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at, what are we, Christmas Eve? Four o'clock, I'll be with you. It's only Christmas Day. I'll be here between seven and ten. Nick and the team with you at seven o'clock this morning. Have yourself a great day. Don't forget to podcast, lbc.co.uk. Up on LBC next, it's the news programme with Lisa